scared for the first time everything just clicked What if I don't really do the numbers they predict Considering the fact that I'm the one that they just picked To write a chapter in history, this shit has got me sick But if I really do it, don't expect to get a split Cause this truly is some shit I don't expect for y'all to get I'm nervous, but I'ma kill it Cause they bout to let the realest team in Throwing up in the huddle, nigga Willie beaming But still throwing touchdown passes And tortoise frame glasses Hoping that someone catch it People say that old Drake, we started to miss it But they need to be a little more specific Man, is this what y'all want? This is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins. This is how we come in today, and I am just fired up about today's episode. This is Uber Stories Atlanta. This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins, and I am absolutely thrilled that you guys are joining me and listening to this. If you're listening to this, then welcome to the show. I've been doing a lot of things recently in order to get people on and have them discover the show, um, going to different cities and boosting these posts on social media and launching this Instagram account. And I'm doing a lot of things in order to drive people to this podcast. So if you're joining us for the very first time, then it's good to have you. And I'm really glad that you're here. And I hope that you'll continue to ride with me throughout the rest of this journey. Because honestly, you guys are getting in at like the perfect time. This is like if somebody was offering you Google stock back in the early 2000s, you'd be like, fuck yeah, I want that. That's where I'm at right now, all right? This is like the beginning and the origin stories of what I hope to be um, the next big thing, okay? The next big thing. And I'll, I am uh, gonna fly around during this intro. There are a lot of stories. I just got back from Atlanta. I was down there for 10 days, stayed way longer than I thought I was going to stay. Uh, and I got some really great stories. And uh, more than anything else, I got reassurance from the universe that I am on the right path and I just need to keep going. I just need to stick with it. The universe literally spoke to me. It said, Biddy T, listen up, man. Keep doing what you're doing because eventually you're going to get where you're trying to go. And I will tell you what that means and what the form of the universe actually looked like when it spoke to me. So, and no, I'm not tripping, okay? That's not what that was. It, it was just... It was a moment that really was just a culmination of all of the things and all of the things that I've been doing and all of the things that I've been saying over the last 10 months. And it was just like absolutely validated in, in, in you know, a moment's time. It was just like, boom, all right, good shit. Like keep going with it. Keep rocking with this, dude, because this is the thing. This is your thing. So I found my path. I hope everybody um, and I wish, I wish every, I wish that for everybody, you know, that you would find your path ultimately in life, and then you just race down it until um, good things happen to you, because it's possible. So, um, I have a lot of stuff to run through. Okay, we'll keep this intro pretty brief, but I've been saying for uh, months now, uh, it's a play on an old Drake bar where he says, "Every picture that I take is a fan that I can gain," and in my case, every intro that I tape is a fan that I can gain. So I'll give you guys the quick elevator pitch if you're joining us for the very first time. My day ones, you guys have heard this, and <laughs> you know it went from being like a 40 minute thing to then like a 20 minute thing to then I I if I go over five minutes on this pitch, uh, then shoot me, okay? Then then absolutely just fade me down and leave me silent because, it, because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, okay? I've got it down. I was pitching like freaking Mariana Rivera on the Atlanta Beltline. I'll get to that story. That was awesome. A lot of people that I met during that time were probably listening in for the first time. It was very good to meet all of you, okay? I'm, I really uh, felt like I connected with almost everybody that I spoke with and um, it was uh, it was again 
the universe speaking to me like, dude, the feedback that I'm getting from these people, you know, I've been saying this stuff for 10 months and I've been down here just working manically in the studio that I built myself. And um, it's one thing to say all these things and kind of be a little bit pessimistic in the back of your mind. You're thinking, okay, yeah, I, I believe in myself, but like, does anybody else, you know, like, am I being naive to think that I can do this thing and pull it all off and I'm the guy to do it? And you know what? When I speak to people and I get their feedback, I've been getting the same feedback and the same kind of reactions from people for like 10 months. So even though I've been saying this stuff and and it, it certainly probably looks you know, like, what is he doing from afar? Um, I, I've known. I've known all along. I've known all along. And um, I was just really reassured of all of that in the last two weeks. And so it was an awesome time down in Atlanta. I have a lot of stories from Atlanta. I'll get to that. But first, uh, I want to plug up my man, Tyler Pope. All right. I've been saying that these are the mixtape days because I've had a couple sponsorships that uh, I've pitched that have passed on me. Right. And this is you know, six, seven months ago, whatever. Um, and at this point, I just said, you know what, fine. Like, I'm going to go with this approach. If you build it, they will come. And so I'm not going to worry about the sponsorship part of it yet anymore. Uh, I'm just going to build something that's really fucking awesome. And eventually, I'll have sponsors coming to me. They'll want to be a part of this. And they'll be competing against each other in order to get a share. And I'm going to be sitting there like, hey, Bitty T don't shine shoes no more. All right? Get in line. Right? <laughs> Crack heads and negotiating some tough deals, which I think are fair and, and that I'm worth, right? Um, but I'm not scared to say what I'm worth. And I think that this podcast, as it continues to grow uh, and I continue to do all the things that I'm doing, is definitely going to be worth a lot. And it's going to be really awesome to see where it goes. So I hope that you guys will continue to follow along with me. Um, but so I don't have any sponsors right now, but I do have a couple of buddies who own businesses, and they are here in Louisville. So um, for my Louisville, Kentucky people, go down to Fades on Forth and see my man Tyler Pope. And Fades on Forth is a barbershop. My man Tyler Pope, I call him the godfather of the fade. He is going to get you hooked up. If you tell him that Benny T sent you, he's going to give you the supreme service, and it is valued at $60. He's going to give it to you for $35. You mentioned my name. You can check his availability using the Booksy app. Follow along on Instagram at Fades on 4th, 502, Fades with a Z, okay, Fades on 4th, 502, it's right on the heart of UofL's campus, you can also follow Tyler himself at only one Pope underscore, so uh, only and then the number one Pope underscore, that's where you can see the work that he does and you can check out uh, some of the clients that and the, the fades and uh, you know, he twists, he'll get you lined up, he cuts white people hair too, man, he does it all, he does it all, so go down there, tell him I sent you, he's going to get you hooked up. And also, um, if you're in the market to buy a very nice pen, okay, when's the last time you really thought about what you were writing with? Is it something that you just found in your car? Or is it something that makes a statement? Is it something that tells a story? Is it something that is uniquely your own, okay? You, you're probably missing that in life, and I, and I feel for you if you are, because, um, but not all is lost, because if you go to rootsandjones.com and Roots and Jones on Instagram, you will see my man Ryan Jones and his grandfather. They have built this company and they handcraft these beautiful wooden pens. They sell them online and 
Each one of them is is special. They hand source the wood. I mean, this guy is traveling throughout the world. He's he's literally like picking up wood from these different places that he travels, and he's like, oh, this would make a great pen. And I I just I don't know, man. Both of those guys right there that I just spoke about, hustlers entrepreneurs they're putting the team on their back and i just really have a lot of respect for those guys so go and support them they don't even pay me to say that you know that's just like the love that i give to people because it's like you know that's that's good shit man that's good shit so um please if you get to the end of this episode and you enjoy this episode and i think you will because this is going to be an all-timer i mean this is going to be an all-timer i'm just like i'm that excited about it all right i'm really excited about this one but if you are as excited about it as i am and you're excited to come back for uber stories part 29 that'll drop next wednesday or the interview that i'm doing with shane stewart that's going to drop this friday um or many of the specials that i do okay please Please, 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 please subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and a review for it on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Google Podcasts. Basically, anywhere that you find podcasts, we are there, okay? You can also help me out a great deal by following me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at BennyTomp18. I'm on Facebook and I have a, so I have on Facebook and and Instagram, I also have a page for the show and that one is at RealTalkWBennyT, okay, so that is where I'll be posting a lot of content for just the show on the Facebook page and also on the new Instagram handle and I'm really excited to talk about that in a little bit, but um, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I, I'm slowly becoming a TikTok star, by the way, okay? I, I, I <laughs> A story about that coming up later in the episode, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm trying to stick to the script here. Um, I still haven't even got to my pitch yet, and so this will be, you know what, if this intro is over 20 minutes, uh, before we get to the stories, then uh, you know I'm 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 doing pretty well because I got a lot of stuff to run through here. I do a listener advice segment, and I throw it in at the end of these Uber Stories episodes, and that segment is called "The Doctor Is In," and it is a play on uh, Lucy and Charlie Brown. I love the Peanuts, dude. Like I'm literally sitting right here in my studio, and I have about twenty. No, not twenty. I don't know seven or eight. Um, little Snoopy memorabilias, and a lot of them were like little plush stuffed animals. I, I just collect Snoopy stuff. Snoopy's my guy, okay? He always has been. And I always, you know, uh, I think it's funny now that I'm a little bit older and I know myself a little bit more that, um, you know, it's like Snoopy is like one side of me, okay? Snoopy's like my manic me. He is constantly just marching to the beat of his own drum. He is uh, a million different things and places at once. And then Charlie Brown is like the depressed me, okay? Charlie Brown's always like moping and he's never in a good mood and he's always pessimistic. He's really a little asshole, to be honest. He's just like sad about everything. I'm like, dude, cheer up, man. Snoopy's your homie. Like, what's there to be sad about? But uh, I, yeah, huge, huge Snoopy fan. So The Doctor is In is a play on that and it's a life advice segment. So a lot of the writers that I get with me, um, you know, this this show is basically Taxi Cab Confessions meets Dr. Phil and I ride around and I give people a lot of free therapy. I mean, it's, it's really, I have some really good sessions in the car and what happens is 
those people sometimes want to follow up. They want to. I'm interested to hear, you know, what what uh, whatever we were talking about, how that played out, and how they're doing later on. I'm always interested to hear, um, you know, people following up and say, "Hey, thank you so much for that talk. Like that was really awesome." And and I'm like, you know, hey, that's what I'm here for, man. You know, like that's what I do. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of people that might not get the chance to ride with me in the car, right? Uh, I'm not going to be back in Atlanta for a while. I don't know the next time that I'll be back in Atlanta. And for anybody that I met in Atlanta that is like, hey, I've got something going on that um, I-, I would love to hear your input on or could you maybe speak to this a little bit? And, um, you know, look, that's that's what that advice segment is. The doctor is in, man. The, Dr. Benny T, okay? Send me your stuff and I would be happy to read it. Um, I'll keep it anonymously just like every single story that I tell on this episode and on this podcast. But uh, realtalkwbennyt at gmail.com is where you can send those submissions. Write me up a little paragraph. Write me up a book. I don't care, man. Um, However long you want it to be, I will keep out your name and where you work and that kind of stuff unless you're like, you explicitly say, hey, you can share my name or hey, you can share where I work and where I live and that kind of stuff. Like, I will keep that stuff out if that's not explicitly written. So you don't have to worry about me outing you, okay? Which is not what I'm here to do. I'm just here to entertain, make you think about life, tell some great fucking stories, connect some people, um, (laughs) and just make it juicy, man. Real people, real stories, real talk. That's who I am. That's what I do. Also... The other component of the show is eventually it's going when it when it continues catching on. The thing is, everybody has crazy Uber stories. Most people, especially people like 30 and under, okay, if you have been taking Ubers throughout your college career, throughout your high school career, um, you have probably taken enough Ubers and Lyfts to have some pretty good stories. And I would absolutely love to hear those and also share those on this podcast because for the last 10 months, all of the Uber stories that I've been telling have been ones where it involves me directly and one of the riders in the back of my car, okay? But as we move forward and as I continue to expand the show out, then I want to hear your Uber stories and I want to have that segment as well where it is listener driven and you guys submit your craziest Uber stories or um, most impactful Uber stories, uh, most memorable Uber stories, whatever they are, I'm sure you have them, okay? And I would love to hear them and I'm sure that everybody else would as well. So um, this is really, you know, I I want this to be like a community. I I really do want this to be a community where people feel like they can share, you can share on the Facebook page um, and it would be, (laughs) I'm gonna cry thinking about it, but it would really be a beautiful thing if eventually people start to open up and a lot of the difficult things that I talk about with people and a lot of things that they share with me and feel comfortable sharing with me, if at some point eventually people are sharing that stuff on the Facebook page and then I have like top fans and contributors who are kind of building up other people and we have this beautiful community of people who are just like here to gas others up, that that would be like, if that happens and I never make a dime from this podcast, I'd be happy because that's ultimately the goal is just... Um, you know what? 
I'm going to hold off on the goals. I, I have my quick little elevator pitch. I'm going to get to it here in a minute, but I got to get through some of the rest of this stuff really quickly, okay? I swear to God, we're, we're almost done. We're, we're, we're doing really well. We're doing really well here, okay? Um, yeah, get those submissions in. Send them all in, realtalkwbennyt at gmail.com. Also, all of the music that I use on this show, it is available on Apple Music and Spotify. I build these playlists. Um, the Real Talk with Ben Tompkins playlist, that is all of the music that I've used on these intros over the last 10 and 11 months. And I'm telling you, I don't miss, dude. They are littered with bangers. Some of the hottest tracks that you probably forgot existed um, that maybe you haven't heard yet. And I would absolutely encourage you to go and check out that playlist alone. And if you like it and you're like, fuck, this thing slaps, go and check out some of the other playlists that I have. Uh, Uber Bangers is the one that I play most often with my riders. It's a big mix of all Tropical House and EDM. Um, Another Day in the Trenches is my gym playlist. That's my hard rap playlist. That's what I play when I really need to to go to a place and just gas myself up. Another Day in the Trenches, you know, like a soldier, right? Hey, <laughs> welcome to Another Day in the Trenches, man. Buckle your shit up and get out there. It's war, okay? It's a war out there. Let me tell you, the streets, the streets, you got to be a soldier in the streets, man. And I'm in the streets every day, you know? I am, I am. So Another Day in the Trenches, that's a rap playlist. Uh, it goes hard. I mean, just trust me on this. Bangers, okay? We Chillin' is a little bit of a different vibe. It's got a lot of uh, Janae Aiko, some of the Smoother Childish Gambino songs on there. Um, that is really, really a smooth R&B playlist. Sunday Service is my soul and Motown playlist. That's what I play when I drive people around on Sundays. You know, I throw on The Temptations, a little Al Green, maybe some Marvin Gaye, and I ride around and just get right, man. You know, I don't, I don't go to church, but I do like to listen to soul music on a Sunday and drive people around and uh, talk about life. So that's that's about me, you know. How are you? You know, it's like, that's that's me, you know. Uh, San Junipero is my 80s playlist. Middle School Me is a punk rock playlist. Goodbye is a playlist. If anybody is out there and you're listening and you just recently went through a breakup or you have recently faded somebody from your life and you don't know... You know, don't reach out to the person, right? Like, don't text your ex. Listen to this playlist instead and really just let their words speak to your soul because this thing has gotten me through some really tough uh, people that I've had to fade and some relationships that no longer exist in my life. And now I listen to that playlist and then I'm like, okay, all right, I'm good. Like, that was therapy. I'm, I'm all right. I, I'm not going to text the person. I'm not going to do that, you know? Uh yeah, and then uh, City Bulls is a country playlist. I mean, listen, you know I'm from Kentucky, right? And uh, I don't, I'm not a huge, huge country fan, but for the country that I do like, um, that is on that playlist. So I hope that you'll check some of that music out. And now I, I think I'm ready to go ahead and get into the elevator pitch. All right, you ready? Go ahead, time me, all right? Um, this is Real Talk, and I am Ben Tompkins, and this is what I do. This podcast is all about the people that I meet driving for Uber. Think of it as taxicab confessions meets Dr. Phil, because I ride around all day long, I gas my people up, I give them free therapy, whatever they need, I'm happy to do that. My biggest thing in life, my why, okay, you want to know my why, why I do all this stuff, why I'm sleeping on air mattresses and eating peanut butter and jellies with the end of the loaves of the bread, and why I'm fucking on Medicaid, and why I'm doing all this stuff that I'm doing is because 
I never want anybody to feel as shitty and as alone and as abandoned as I have at different points in my life. And if you're curious as to how I got to those points and why I got to those points, I would encourage you to go and check out some of the specials that I've done, the New Year's special. Scroll through the the log and go listen to the New Year's special. That'll really, really paint a picture of um, where I'm coming from and and my whys and, and will speak to a lot of those things. Some of my experiences that have shaped my life. I mean, people meet me and they're like, why are you the way that you are? And I'm like, man... It's a long story, (laughs) but the New Year's episode will uh, tell some of those stories and and really kind of dives deep on on me, so if you're interested, go and check that out. For the Love of the Game is also another one that is, uh, I I always equate this one to The Calm, which is a song written by Drake and Forty, his longtime producer, shout out. Um, it is some of the most rawest, realist, revealing Drake that I've ever heard in my life. And I just, I'm, I'm addicted to that. I love the, I just, it's just so real, dude. And I just, for the love of the game was something that I came home and taped after hanging out with some friends and I was just moved. I was a little bit, uh, you know, lit off these sour beers and I just went and ripped it. And, um, it was like 15 minutes of some really good stuff. So go and check that out. Um, when and where. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, anywhere that podcasts are available, I always put out the Uber stories or the specials that I do on Wednesdays. And then I don't always have enough time to book guests, okay? But when I do, and when I do get guests and I do an interview with them, those drop on Fridays. So I won't have an interview every single week, but um, if you do get one on a Friday, think of it as a bonus, okay? Think of it as a bonus episode. I'll throw interviews in there. Eventually, like, I'm just, I have so many things that I'm trying to do all by myself, and sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, like, the the guest booking part of it, reaching out to people, writing these emails, and, you know, you write 10 of them, you might hear back from three or four people. At this point, that's just where I'm at, you know? Or they'll send their stuff back and, the, and it's their manager and they're like, hey, how many people are you reaching per month? And I'm like, probably not as many as you'd like to hear. So I'm probably just gonna go ahead and uh, see myself out, okay? But you gotta ask, you know? And I've been able to land some really awesome interviews. Uh, Tucker Max, Cal Fussman, um, Sarah Merrill, the creator of Big Kid Problems. Those are all up on the podcast page so go and listen to some of those those are really awesome um some people are really kind with their time and you know some people see what i'm doing and they're like i remember when i was in your shoes uh fuck man i'm still in your shoes in some ways you know uh but that's like that's the cool thing about it is that uh people are are willing to give back and to reach out or at least take your hand when you reach out and um that's what good mentors do so Really good stuff, okay? I do have an interview dropping this Friday. Shane Stewart, he is a, a longtime friend of mine. He's somebody that grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and then moved up to New York and lived in Dallas for a year, and then he was back in New York. And my man just is a hustler, and he has done a number of business ventures and held some really awesome roles. And I was just like, dude, I just want to talk to you for an hour, chop it up, 
and um, ask you about what it's like, what it's been like for you moving out of Kentucky and going to New York and not just like getting there and doing it for a few months or a summer or something, but you've made it stick for five years, dude. That's awesome. So I know there's a lot of people that listen to this that eventually one day want to move out of wherever it is that you're from or, uh, you know, a current situation that you're in. And so it was just really cool. And that's going to drop on Friday. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, and I can certainly relate to that because quickly about me and then we're wrapping up here and we're going to hop to some of these stories is, um, you know, that's what I did. Like I went to the university of Kentucky. I'm from Louisville. And then after graduation, I actually spent my last six hours in Dublin, Ireland and spent my 23rd birthday, the month of June there after walking in May at graduation 2015, me and nine women and this awesome professor go over to Dublin and we stayed there for a month. And that was how I finished college. I mean, talk about a victory lap, man. That was pretty fucking awesome. And then after that, since I was already over in Europe, my my parents were like, hey, you don't know when the next time that you're gonna be back you already got the plane ticket over there, which is honestly one of the most expensive parts. So your graduation gift, if you want, can be to go and travel. And so I did. And I took the next two and a half months, or I guess month and a half, really. Um, the, the whole thing ended up being 10 weeks. So yeah, it was like another month and a half. And um, I did solo traveling. And I went by myself. I backpacked through Europe. I ended up going to 17 different cities and like nine or 10 different countries. And it was absolutely the most amazing thing ever. I mean, honestly, I, I can't like, I know I'm privileged. Okay. Um, my mom has made a lot of sacrifices in order for me to be able to live the life that I'm living. And I'm forever mindful of that and grateful for that. And uh, I, I absolutely lucked out in that sense. But there's always a trade-off, right? There's always a yin and a yang. And maybe one day, um, you know, you, you can uh, find out what that is and, and maybe I'll go there. But, you know, it's just like I uh, had the opportunity to do it and I did it. And I enjoyed it absolutely to the fullest. And so I get back and I'm kind of, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I end up finding a job that takes me out to the Bay Area, and I move out there, and I worked in the peninsula for a year and a half, managing a territory, selling wine and spirits. I was one of the top reps in all of California, and because of that, all of the country for Southern Wine and Spirits, um, because the Bay Peninsula suppliers will fly into San Francisco, they'll want to survey all the way down through San Jose, and so I had to make sure that I had my accounts ready to go because the biggest alcohol and wine suppliers are flying out and they want to see their shit. They want to see their shit merchandised and big bombs sold into these places. So uh, I did that and I excelled in that and I was really good at that. But then came a time where I was like, okay, well, I either need to get a new job or find other roommates and it was just going to be easier to find a new job. So I did. And then I was selling theater performing arts equipment for a company called Wanger that's based out of Owatonna, Minnesota. Anybody that's ever in the band or choir, you know this company, okay? And I learned it and I was managing all of Northern California and I was doing really well. I sold a million five in my first year and got recognized as one of the top reps that year. And then um, I just started to suffer a series of setbacks and defeats, self-defeats. And I got really depressed and I had been working from a home office and, you know, I, I, I didn't know anybody previously moving out there. 
and some of the people that I had connected with the most, um, you know, one of my boys had a baby and then he was like getting married and he was kind of off doing his thing. And I had other friends that were working different jobs and different hours. And so I stopped connecting as much and I just started to honestly wither away in my Santa Clara apartment. And it got to the point where I drove up to the Golden Gate Bridge. This is real talk. I drove up to the Golden Gate Bridge and I walked out to the middle of it and I just stood there and I was looking down and I just kept spitting. I was spitting and I was counting the seconds that it took for my spit to hit the water and I imagined that to be my body. I was at that low of a point. I was like, (laughs) I think this is it. I think I've had enough. I think this is how it ends. Um, I've never believed that I'm going to live to see 80 years old. I've been tough on my body. I played 12 or 13 years of football uh, into college. Like I've definitely had my fair share of concussions. I've I've got these things going on in my brain. I don't even know what's going on yet at this point, but I'm like really, really going through it, man. And obviously I didn't do it. I walked away. But I'm the sicko that has to come face to face with that and look and stare into the abyss in order to go, eh, not today. (laughs) Not today, you know? Nope, not my time. Okay, nope, that's not what we're doing today. And I walked away, and it wasn't long after that that I quit my job, and I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, I I need to get the fuck out of here. Um, And I quit. We packed up a U-Haul. Me and my mama hopped in that U-Haul van, and uh, we drove across the country and kind of took our time getting out there. So I get back into Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm like, dude, I never really went after anything journalism-related, which was what I studied in school, journalism and sociology. And I'm like, I'm ready to go after this now. So I get linked up with the small radio station, and I start selling some advertising. I sell a few sponsorships. I get a show. Um, I get somebody to sponsor the show. And then I was hosting my own sports radio show in the afternoons, And I was basically, I was my own producer. Um, I was my own guest booker. You know, I did all those things, but I was doing it for somebody else, giving somebody else a cut of what I was making and bringing in for them. And this person that I worked for was such a miserable prick. And they were so ungrateful of everything that I was doing. Um... And it just treated me awful. I was like, this, I'm, I don't, I don't even get paid for my on air time. I was literally just making a cut of what I sold. So it was like, you eat what you kill type situation. And when COVID hit, I was like, dude, first of all, I don't fuck with this guy. Second of all, it's hard enough being a solo show <laughs> doing sports and doing basketball. And I'm, 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 football is my shit. College football, NFL good at it, okay? College basketball, NBA, not so much. And try doing a sports radio show in Kentucky if you don't know and can't speak knowledgeably about basketball. It's really tough. And horse racing. Like, I I pick based on names and colors and and feels, and I don't know uh, even how to read a horse racing program, okay? I know, shame on me. I'm a terrible Kentuckian for that, but that's honest, right? And when COVID hit, I was just like, all right, well, look, everybody's going to be doing stuff from their uh, home studios anyways, so I might as well go ahead and do my thing um, and leave the station. Like, I'm not going to sit here and get 
mistreated and talked to this way by this fucking loser, okay? So I come home and I build my own studio and I bought all these acoustic tiles. I nailed them to the wall. I retrofitted the office that I have in the basement of this condo and I turned it into the studio and it's pretty dope, okay? Go and check it out. I have videos up on Instagram and I need to make a TikTok showing this place off, but it's pretty dope, okay? And Everybody, that when they come in, they're just like blown away by it. They're like, dude, this is sweet. I'm like, yeah, 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 thank you, you know? I worked really hard on it, okay? But I build my own studio, and at the time, I was still trying to do sports a little bit, but I always, that was a, that was never really like my passion. Um, football was, but like, no, I, I, I had to do that and go through that year and kind of that personal hell um, and kind of that. Uh, imposter syndrome, like driving in across this bridge, knowing that I'm not going to be that good today. It's basketball season. Um, one of the teams just played on a Tuesday night. I have like, you know, beginner entry level observations about the game. I, and then like, that's like the first 10 minutes of the show. Now fill another 35. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I was struggling with that. And what was funny was at some point, because I wasn't getting paid for my on-air time, I started driving for Uber to make some extra money. And I was like, I'm already downtown. I might as well go ahead and do this. And as I started to drive for Uber and talk to people, uh, which is really what I'm best at, is just connecting with people and asking people questions and getting people to feel comfortable. And I think it's because I'm willing to be vulnerable with these people and speak honestly and and just be real with them people will then feel comfortable sharing and and giving me that same vulnerability back and it's a really delicate and beautiful thing and it's something that I really cherish um but that's one of my best skills and as I started to drive more and more I started to get these really good stories and every once in a while I would come on the sports show and I started to do this segment called Uber Stories where I'd be like, oh my God, you guys are not going to believe what this person was telling me. Um, this story was hilarious. This story was crazy. This story was fucking savage. Okay. Or this was like really inspiring. This was uplifting. This was like a really awesome one. So what would happen was like kind of like this little market phenomenon where I'd be on air in the middle of a basketball segment and people would text or call into the show and interrupt me and be like, hey, dude, listen, we don't give a shit about your basketball takes, but give us the Uber stories because we can't get that anywhere else, man. So during quarantine, I'm sitting here like, I think there's something here with this Uber stories thing. I think I got to pursue it because at this point, you know, I've been ghosted by another guy that is honestly, I can't even believe and I'm not even going to go there, but I get ghosted trying to make a and pull off a pretty big move walking in the door with a sponsorship. You'd think it would work out, you know, taking over this bonus hour, but you know what? It didn't and it didn't for all the right reasons and I was crushed at the time, but as I'm sitting there during the quarantine trying to process all this stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drive full-time for Uber. I need the money. Um, and I'm going to make the show all about the people that I meet doing it and all the people that I meet along the way. And what has happened and transpired in the last 10 months has been nothing short of amazing. I mean, when I started this, I was you know, maybe averaging 40 to 50 people per episode. 
Um, I'm close to 110 people per episode now, and, and it's been 10 months. Um, and a lot of the things that I've been doing recently are only going to continue to see that number grow. And a lot of the growth has been organically, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fucking broke, man. Like I don't have a lot of money to be dropping on Facebook advertising. I flirted with it. Um, you know, in order to like understand how it works and kind of get a refresher because I haven't done it in a while. Um, but now that I am, I've saved some money up and I just got my stimmy. Hey, I'm going to get a pretty nice tax return. And so now I do have like all this money that I'm putting back into the show and reinvesting in this product that I'm selling, which is myself, which is this show. And it's really taken off. And, and when I tell you these stories about Uber stories, Atlanta, um, it's just like every, every, Every time I start to doubt myself, something will happen that reassures me that I that I should just keep going and not listen and not pay that much attention to the doubt and the haters because goddamn there are many of them. But it's like, dude, just fuck them, keep doing what you're doing and it's going to pay off. And I've been saying that to myself and it's one thing to say it and believe it, but it's another thing to to say it and then like really believe in it and know that it's going to work out. And I've been reassured and validated at different points throughout the last 10 months where I'm going, okay, this is, this is it, man. This is it. I just got to keep with it. So, um, yeah, I, I started driving for Uber full time and now that's the show, man. It's taxi cab confessions meets Dr. Phil. I'm starting to expand to do different cities each month. And that's kind of where I'm at is, I had been up in Cincinnati and did Uber Story Cincinnati, and then I was like, all right, now I think I'm ready because the long-term vision for the show is going to be to do different seasons in different cities. And so this month, I was in Atlanta. Next month, I'll be in Nashville. Um, Throughout the rest of the spring and the summer, uh, moving in from like June, July, August, September, I don't know exactly which cities I'm going to be in yet, but I know it'll be one of the following. Chicago, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, or Lexington. I'm going to be doing a lot of these cities, one per month, expanding the reach, and building upon this blueprint that I've been creating over the last 10 months, okay? So this is Uber Stories Atlanta. Like I said, next month is going to be Uber Stories Nashville. Um, next week, next month is honestly going to be crazy. I'll be in Louisville for two weekends, and then we've got the Kentucky Derby uh, the first Saturday of every May. That's the Kentucky Derby. If you ain't know, now you know. And uh, I'm sure that the city, I mean, the city goes way up for Derby. It is our Super Bowl, man. That's our bread and butter. And last year it was moved to September. It was a really weird time. I did drive and got derby, you know, derby stories, but it was totally a different vibe. Um, this year, hopefully, you know, a lot of people have been vaccinated. The economy is opening back up. Things are a little bit less tense here in Louisville. Um, you know, obviously, when the Breonna Taylor stuff and the protests were happening downtown Louisville, it made for some really tense days. And that's why I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm another day in the trenches. Like, I'm a soldier out here because I'm with the people. I'm driving people to and from these protests. I went down to one myself and got to see the mayor speak. And it was really a tough time uh, here in Louisville. But yeah, man, um, 
Derby and then Tallahassee and Nashville. So that's kind of like the next month, what we're looking like. Um, I just got my LLC set up, Godfather Media LLC. They call me the Podfather, right? They call me the Podfather. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I've been building this thing and building this thing and building this thing. And now I'm at this point where I'm starting to really expand and get aggressive in growing the show. And you know what? I did end up spending 40 minutes on all this stuff before jumping into the stories. But listen, like this is all information that new people need to know. And I hope that we've gotten to this point and you've just been absolutely enthralled and waiting on every word and entertained. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got you, right? I've got you. So that now as we move into these stories, you'll really be like, okay, this guy, I, I'm with it, man. I see the vision. I like this fucking guy. I don't even know this fucking guy, but I like this fucking guy. Um, really quickly, disclaimer, I guess I should have probably put this at the beginning of the episode, but if foul language offends you, this is not going to be the podcast for you. Okay, and there's no love lost, all right? No worries, but I just want you to know you're kind of a hypocrite if you turn me off because you say, uh, he cusses too much, but then you go and watch something on HBO or you go and watch um, a, a television show or a movie that cusses and swears a lot. You go and listen to some foul language in a song that you like, you know, and you're singing along in your car and you, the reason that you fade me out because of foul language, it's probably just because you don't like me and you don't like my stances on things and I'm okay with that, you know, I, that's that's like a lot of people, so join the fucking club, okay, but if foul language offends you, probably not going to be the one for you, okay, good, now that that is all out of the way, let's go ahead and get into Uber Stories Atlanta because this was the first time that I was really going outside of uh, my comfort zone in order to do this. And I've been talking about this, this strategic long-term plan. This was the first step that I was taking in order to create this blueprint um, to eventually, when I sell this show to a Spotify or an iHeartMedia or one of these, like just think about it, like just like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, all of these non-traditional cable and content producers buy up shows, um, the same thing exists for podcasts. So as I continue selling my own sponsorships, eventually I'm going to get to the point where I've grown it enough to where one of these big podcast networks is going to want me. And that'll be a really good feeling, going from unwanted to wanted. That'll be that'll be amazing, okay? But I got to get there. And um, in order to get there, I have to continue building out this this blueprint, and doing these different cities each month is going to continue building on this like longer-term vision of different seasons in different cities. And eventually, I think it could be something where I'm in Los Angeles full-time, driving year-round. Uh, weather's great. People are great. All from around the world. And I have a dash cam in there. It's I got the back mic'd up. Um, I haven't done anything with video because of like waivers and releases that you got to sign and it just gets really messy. So to this point, I have not crossed that bridge and also like you got to be able to see my face. Okay. I'm a good looking cat. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and let you know. And, um, when I'm driving around wearing a mask and sunglasses during the daytime, it doesn't really do me a whole lot of good to film that. Okay. So, but eventually like we, I I hope that masks go away and I can have a camera 
in the car and you guys can be following along on YouTube and I will post my driving hours, the schedule I set for myself every week and I'll be on Twitch streaming live there and it's like, this is like the vision that I have for this show, okay? So you guys are getting in at an awesome time and I'm really, really happy and I, and I hope that you'll continue to ride with me um, throughout this process but I go down to Atlanta, all right? And I was planning on being there I drive down on a Wednesday. I was thinking I'll be here and drive all day Thursday, all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe take a night off and go enjoy Atlanta a little bit because if I'm driving that much during the day and night, especially at the beginning of this, then that'll kind of free up some time because usually how how these episodes go is I'll take the five best stories from the week previous And that's the episode. And I always like to end on a good note, something that's either kind of motivational or inspirational. Um, But I'll take the five best stories and they're all anonymous and that's the episode. Well, I'm thinking if I drive all day Thursday and Friday and Saturday, then I'll probably have enough where I, you know, I might be able to take Saturday night off or Sunday night off or whatever. And then I'll head back to Louisville on Monday. Flip the episode, comes out on Wednesdays, bada bing, bada boom, we just checked off Uber Stories Atlanta. <laughs> if only it were that easy, okay? I didn't know this until I got down there. And I bet you don't know this either, but now you will. Uber has different driving regions, okay? So when I had been up in Cincinnati, I was able to turn the app on and off, and I was able to continue taking rides because Kentucky drivers are also able to accept ride requests in any city in Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Tennessee. Five states, which really makes it awesome for me because I get down to Georgia, didn't know this before, I didn't know about the, you know, I I got up in Cincinnati and because I was able to do it, I was like, well, I guess this makes sense. I'll be able to drive anywhere in, in the United States, right? That makes sense. Um... I'm thinking these people like in California, people who live in Modesto or Sacramento will drive into, maybe not Sacramento, but people like, you know, living out in like Modoc, they'll drive into the Bay Area or the closest big city to them and they'll drive for the weekend and they'll make money. And I'm like, okay, that's a pretty far trip. Like, I think now that since he worked, I'll be able to do it anywhere. Eh, wrong. Regions, driving regions, it's a thing. So I get down to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm staying on the, with a with a, one of my best friends, and um, got to shout out Michael Cho and Keenan. Thank you guys for putting me up. But I buy this air mattress, and I'm like, all right, guys, thank you for having me. Uh, tomorrow I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go hit it. And uh, man, I was so excited to get out and start driving that I could not sleep at all Wednesday night. I think I got like three hours of sleep. I woke up around like 5.30 and was just up and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm up, man. I've been trying to fall asleep on this air mattress. I've been waking up every 10 minutes. This is awful. I'm not even going to feel rested when I get up two hours later or an hour later. I usually get up at 6.30 or 6.45 every day and hit to the gym. And I'm just like, dude, this is just a waste of time to do this. So I get up. I start writing. I start working on some stuff for the show. Um eventually go to the gym, and then I went, got a car wash, and I had got my coffee, like I was all ready to go at 11 a.m., and I go to turn the app on, and it won't let me go online, 
And I'm like, what's wrong with this thing? Why am I only getting deliveries? I was only able to do deliveries, okay? So I'm like, this is really weird. Like, why can I not get UberX requests? Why am I getting deliveries? I have deliveries turned off. Because here's the thing, like, I need people. I need people in the car giving me stories. Uber Eats rides, I don't do those because it does me no good to ride around with a box of food in the back of the car. You know what I mean? Like, what's that box of food going to tell me other than probably time for dinner? You know? Not a lot. Not a lot. So, I don't do Uber Eats rides, but for some reason, all the requests that are coming in are deliveries. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, I turn the app off and I call Uber and at that point, it's when I learned that there are regions. So, I'm like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> great. Okay. This is a disaster. So what do I need to do in order to get switched over? They're like, well, you'll just have to switch your account and register as a Georgia driver. I'm like, okay, great. What does that entail? Well, it's pretty quick. Um, Luckily, all of your driving documents are good. Okay. The only thing that will kind of hold you up is every time you transfer to a new city, you have to repass a background check. Well, I'm like, okay, great. I have nothing on my record at this point. Thank God for expungements when I was a delinquent teenager. All right, got into some trouble. Nothing too crazy, but always was uh, privileged enough to be able to afford um, good lawyers to get all that shit expunged and do divergent programs. So, like, my record's clean, man. And I'm like, okay, that's that should take like you know a couple days, whatever. Like, no problem. Well, they're like, well, sir, actually, we have to use this third-party service called Checker. They're based in San Francisco. They're a you know uh, a tech company, and they are actually contracted by um, places like Uber and pl- other places of employment, and they are responsible for the background check. So it goes through Uber, then it gets passed off to Checker, and then Checker reaches out to the sheriff's office, the local sheriff's office, wherever, and is supposed to get the background check done within three to five business days and then back to Uber and then Uber will approve me and then I'll be ready to go. So I'm learning this on Thursday and I feel like the weight of the world is crushing down on me. I mean, I have been building this thing up, hyping this thing up, talking about this thing. So was so excited I couldn't even fall asleep, okay? And I get here and I get that close and I can't go online to accept people requests and I'm like, fuck, this is like a worst case scenario. This is a nightmare. Like, what do I do? Okay, all right, okay. I only have one option. I can transfer and hope that the background check comes back quicker than three to five business days and just bide my time. Luckily, um, my friends Cho and Keenan were cool with me. They, they absolutely understood, you know, kind of what was going on and uh, they were cool with me staying there and I, you know, I, I had... I was really mindful of, of like keeping all of my stuff neat and tidy. Like I'm super OCD. If you saw the way that my bathroom and my room are and the, like the way that I live, um, I'm super OCD. I'm super neat and organized and I don't like clutter. And I was really good about like folding up my air mattress and keeping that tucked away and out of the way and like moving the table back and just making sure that I was being respectful of their space because they were kind enough to let me stay there. Right. Well, they're like, dude, yeah, we get it. Um, listen, you know, I, I was a little bit more, because like Cho has stayed with me many, many times and crashed at our place. So I'm like, dude, let me look. 10 days might be enough, you know, that might be a lot, but like, you know, 
I've only come and visited you down in Atlanta one other time and stayed with you, and you've stayed with us many, many times. So it's it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of collecting my due here, I think, okay? But Keenan, who I'm meeting for the first time, his roommate, um, I'm like, man, is he going to be okay with it? Like, is he going to be cool with it, you know? And he was like, dude, listen, you're cool, man. Like, you know, if you weren't cool, probably wouldn't be cool with it, but you're cool, man. So, yeah, it's, it's no worries. Totally understand. I was like, oh, my God, thank you, guys. You guys are going to make me fucking cry, man. Like, thank you, guys. Um, and so Thursday rolls by, and I, I officially make the change. I'm waiting on the background check. I'm told three to five business days. So at the worst, I'm thinking, okay, well, I have Thursday and Friday. Uh, government offices will be closed on the weekend, obviously. And then by Wednesday of next week, I should be approved. I should be able to go online. And that'll be my fifth business day. And then look, basically, I will have pushed this schedule by a week. So I got down here on a Wednesday. I was planning on going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, leaving on a Monday. I can still do that as long as I'm approved by Wednesday and I can get back on road. Well, Thursday rolls around. I haven't heard back from this company, okay? I keep, I'm checking the progress of um, the, uh, the, the background check and like typing my stuff in on Checker's web portal and it's saying that it was created at 12.26 p.m. on Thursday and uh, I'm just like waiting. I'm just waiting, 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 waiting. I'm like, okay. Well, Friday rolls around and I was like, you know what? Like I got up, I went to the gym and I was like, why would I wait where I would possibly be down in a queue somewhere? Um, I'm just gonna fucking go do this myself. So I got up, I Googled where the Fulton County Sheriff's Office was, um, Fulton County being obviously the Atlanta, okay? And I go down there, I walk down there, and I sat there for 45 minutes waiting on them to run a background check for me. So I went, I paid $15 cash, and I obtained my own background check, which was clean as a whistle, as I knew that it would be, and also a receipt for that. And I scanned these documents in. I found a place, you know, where I could scan these documents in. I'm very self-sufficient, you know? I'm like, I, I don't even know the city, but, like, I'm navigating and moving my way. I joined a gym there for the week, and I just, I, I just, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I've lived a lot, I've lived in a lot of different places where I feel very comfortable navigating my way and f- having to find these these certain things where you get your haircut, where you get your coffee, where you get your movies, like whatever. Uh, I guess movies not so much now that there's no blockbusters. That's that's a throwback, but you know, you get my point, okay? You get my point. So I'm sitting down there in the sheriff's office. I send these documents off to Checker and I'm like, hey guys, listen, I, I've, I've explained my situation. I really don't have the time to wait on you guys to take three to five business days. I need to drive ASAP. So here is my background check. It's clean as a whistle. It's stamped by the Fulton County Sheriff's Office. Here's the receipt, the money that I paid for it. Um, I basically did your job for you. So thank me later. Please go ahead and approve my shit. Well, I get a, uh, a message back through their web portal that's like, Mr. Tompkins, we appreciate your initiative. Unfortunately, according to Section 9, Article 3.19c, we do not accept this. We have our own policy and procedures, and so you'll just have to wait. Now, absolutely, I made that number up, but like, 
they said according to their procedure and policies that they couldn't do this. And I'm like, this is where bureaucracy sucks, okay? Because I get what you're saying. You have these policies in place, but dude, I'm like, here is my thing. And you guys have still not gotten back to me yet. And I need to make money and I need to drive. And this is kind of important. Like I'm stranded here, right? They're like, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to wait. We are working on it, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> whatever. Like, I've done all I can do at this point, right? And so Friday comes and goes, and I got to resign myself to the fact that it's just, I got to wait until next week. I've, I've done all I can do. There's nothing that I can possibly do. So I joined this gym for the week, and I basically spent the rest of my days waiting on this background check to come back as my own social media manager, which of course I am, but actually having dedicated days to just sit down, grab a coffee, go find somewhere in Pond City Market to sit and write and work on posts and schedule stuff and cut up audiograms for the show and like do a lot of this stuff that isn't going to get done unless I do it and it's just I have to do it and it really was great it was a great time for me where I could focus on that part of it and and make sure my LinkedIn page that I created for the show was good to go and I kind of hadn't introduced what I was doing on LinkedIn until this point you know I, I just had podcaster and uber driver up there as my headliner but I really hadn't talked about this show on LinkedIn and, and shared that with my network, which was received very well, and I was very thankful for that. But like, I finally had the time to do this stuff. So I'm trying to just remind myself of the late, great Dickie Fox from Jerry Maguire, where he's literally, throughout that movie, giving these little quips and these little business idioms, and one of them is, roll with the punches, tomorrow's another day. And that's the vibe that I had to carry around with me because there's nothing I can do. There's nothing more that I can do at this point. So now it's Saturday. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, I can't drive. I I guess this is great, you know, in a sense because I'll still get to experience the city of Atlanta. I'll get to go and do some things that I might not have been able to do had I been driving this weekend, okay? So yeah, kind of a crisis averted, but like I'm waiting on this thing and it should be Wednesday before I get my thing back and then I'll be good to go, right? If only it were that easy, again, if only it were that easy. I don't know anything um, different on Saturday, though. So I get Cho and his girlfriend, Chelsea, who I met for the first time, who's a lovely, lovely woman, and, and I really appreciate it and the time that I got to spend with her. And I woke, we, we, we both peer pressured Cho in the best ways of possible um, in getting him up on a Saturday morning and taking him to Piedmont Park. And I wrote up a little workout for us. Uh, Piedmont Park is where they do Music Midtown, a festival that I have not been to yet. I'm a big festival guy, um, but I plan on going, and we go and do it in the park, and it was awesome. Like, I love the little energies and boosts of energies that I get from other people. You know, I'm running around the track, and everybody that I passed, you know, I'd give them the nod, or I'd smile at them, or I'd say something to them, like, good shit, boys, like, just encouraging, like, I see you ladies, like, you know, just just gassing people up, and those little smiles, and the nods, and and those recognitions, real, recognize, real, man, that's a universal vibe, it is, anywhere you go, if your vibe's right, people are gonna fuck with you, okay, you don't even have to know them, you don't even have to be there from the same city, but if 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 your vibe is right, um, your vibe attracts your tribe. I believe that. Okay, that is real talk. So 
And I feed off of those little energies. So as I'm working out, I'm like, this is a great day, man. Like, uh, look at all these smiles. I'm getting the nods. Like, what's up, bro? Like, I love that. I love that. That drives me, okay? So we do this workout. And then we had a really, really cool experience getting to hang out at the Battery. And this is where I got to shout out my man, Evan Caffey. Because Evan works for Molson Coors. And he's their rep down there in Atlanta. And... He has because of like, and and he's like in a position where if I had stayed with Southern Wine and Spirits, um, eventually you're always trying to get to the supplier side because they have dope jobs and they have dope responsibilities and it's tough, but jobs like Evans are where if I had stayed with that company um, and maybe gotten, you know, two or three moves up the ladder, you kind of at some point want to make the jump over to a supplier side. And he's with Molson Coors, so Coors Light and everything. And not only does he walk into this place where we were, sports and social, at the Battery, really cool bar, we have a table that is like a 10-top on the lower level right in front of this fat, big-screen TV. One of the biggest that I've ever seen in my life, okay? And it's prime location, all eyes on us when we're walking in. This thing's reserved. It's like, oh, I wonder who's going to be sitting there. It's like, it's us, okay? It's Joe, it's Chelsea, it's me, it's Keenan, it's a couple of their other buddies, and uh, it's Evan. And we sit down, and we drank for free all day long, which for me is like, listen, I had $99 to my name coming down to Atlanta, and I thought I'm going to be able to drive and make money, and so I'm cutting it kind of close here, but like, Literally, all I have to my name in my debit account is $99, and I lived off of that for 10 days, amazingly, and it's because a lot of the stuff that we ended up doing got comped or was free, so I drank for free all day long. Evan had this open tab where we could get any Coors Light products that we wanted, so I had a couple of Coors Lights, you know, some silver bullets on the house, never a bad move, but also... As soon as we get into the battery, which is basically like, for my Louisville people, it's 4th Street Live on steroids. I mean, it is an entertainment district like none other. This place was fucking lit, okay? And um, it's just buzzing, man. And these girls are walking around representing Vizzy and the Coors Light Seltzer brands. So they're handing out these little poker chips that are redeemable anywhere for a free Vizzy or a Coors Light Seltzer. And Vizzy is just another seltzer brand. And so I'm drinking for free all day long. I'm like, this is perfect because I don't I definitely don't have the money to be sitting in a bar ordering drink after drink. Um and I and I, I capped myself at probably like, you know, five drinks throughout the day, paced out. Like I did a really good job of being socially responsible and drinking, right? And it was funny because we're sitting here at this awesome table. I'm drinking for free. And because of the way I think that I reacted to what was happening to me over the last two days and and this thing like, oh, it kind of sucks. But like, hey, I'm just going to make the most out of this. It's the weekend. I can't worry about it this weekend. So let's just go have some fun. And I, I, I was having fun, dude. Um, a lot of the songs that would come on, they were showing people in the crowd doing like fan reaction shots or whatever. 
dancing, and I can't even remember what rap song was on, but I was rapping at bar for bar, just ripping it, and they put the camera on me, like close up of my face, immediately I see myself on the big screen TV, start playing it up, dancing a little bit more, rapping, looking right at the camera type shit, they start to zoom out, and they show everybody else at the table, and I shit you not, dude, I say it over and over and over again, but your vibe attracts your tribe. The people I was sitting with and the table that I was sitting at, it was absolutely the best looking group in terms of people having fun of any of the other groups that they showed that day. Like we sat there probably until the eighth or ninth inning. And anybody that they showed, you know, you'd get like one person that might be paying attention and be like, oh, hey, you know, but the rest of the people at their table, they wouldn't be paying attention. They wouldn't look up or um, they would get their attention, but then they were like shy. Everybody at my table was dancing. Once the once they started to zoom out off of just my face and me, it was like they showed the whole table and everybody was just getting it. And it was just like, hey, 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 like... We we look like the funnest group in there, and and we truly were having an awesome time, um, and that was really cool. You know, I was like, hey, look, like I got featured up on there. That's awesome, right? Um, both teams scored in the first inning, and Freddie Freeman homered in the bottom of the first, and the place went nuts. It erupted, and it just really felt good to be back somewhere where, you know, it's like a a, a year ago sitting in my condo wondering what's next. Like, I can't even go to the grocery store, really, you know? Like, I'm not supposed to leave my house. This sucks. But sitting there in that moment, it was like, hey, there's live sports on, and there's a buzz here, and we're surrounded by people, and they're giving off vibrations, and most of them are pretty good. And I'm really enjoying myself, and I just forgot what it was like to be in a bar where a big sports moment happens, especially the home team doing well, you know, we're in Atlanta and here's Freddie Freeman knocking one to deep center field and it's gone and the place just goes fucking nuts, dude. And it just felt like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Cause it was just like, all right, all right, all right. COVID sucks. It's definitely still there. Okay. But things are getting a little bit back to normal and it was a really great moment. Later on, I walked upstairs to use one of the restrooms and uh, there was a guy wearing a John Rocker jersey, okay? And for those of you who are unfamiliar with John Rocker, he's he's a pitcher. He absolutely took HGH when he was pitching, but he was a Braves closer during the 90s, I think, maybe early 2000s. But he was uh, he said a, a handful of controversial statements and certainly is somebody that kind of had some despicable takes back in the day. And... Um, the only reason, honestly, that I even recognized and put two and two together and was like, oh, John Rocker, holy shit, is because I had literally just recently, I've been binge watching Survivor a lot and uh, been talking about that a little bit on the show, but John Rocker was in one of the previous seasons that I, I had just recently watched and everybody even then was like, wow, this dude's a piece of shit for the things that he said. Okay, a lot of like racist, sexist, homophobic stuff. You can look up the comments if you care that much. But yeah, pretty, pretty despicable shit. Okay, um, but the fact that this guy's wearing this John Rocker jersey, like I can not like John Rocker and the things that he said then, 
okay? And I don't know if he's changed or he's made amends for those comments or walked those back or asked for forgiveness or whatever, but like the fact that this dude is such a savage that he's wearing this John Rocker jersey and John Rocker is somebody that is kind of beloved by Atlanta Braves fans where it's kind of one of those things where like he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Like people hate Draymond Green, but in the Bay Area, people love Draymond Green because he is their guy, okay? John Rocker to Atlanta fans is kind of like the same way. And the fact that this dude is just repping this thing proudly, I, I had to go up and be like, yo, dude, John Rocker, man, I like that. And he was like, dude, yeah, dude. Like, you know, he was all excited that I came up to him and I told him about the Survivor thing and he was like, oh, that's awesome, dude. So um, that was pretty funny to see. And then I I got these guys, man, these Georgia boys, all right? My boys, I'm not going to mention your guys' uh, real names. And I just want you to know that I am going to tell this story, but it'll be on next week's episode when it can blend in and I can sprinkle it in amongst other Uber stories, okay? Um, but because I, I <laughs> spoiler alert, wasn't able to drive at all during my time in Atlanta, I didn't get the same kind of stories. So that's why this is a little bit lacking the structure that I normally have where I didn't, I wasn't able to drive. So all the stories that I'm telling right here are the stories of this trip, what I learned along the way, and then some big picture thoughts here at the end. And... Um, these guys sat there while we were in sports and social and told me a hilarious and savage story, Tucker Max-esque, about uh, a hookup that involved the two of them. And uh, I'm going to save that for next week. If this is your very first episode, you know, I don't want to get too savage, but just know that uh, there's really not a lot that's off limits on the show, to be honest with you. So don't listen if your kids are in the car. Make sure you got some headphones if you're in a public place. But it is what it is. But uh, that'll be next week, boys. All right, I got you, but I got to wait on that one, okay? <laughs> um, that was Saturday, all right? That was an amazing time on Saturday. Sunday was super chill. Uh, Monday rolls around, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to start this week just like every other week. I believe that Mondays are the day in which you set the tone for the week that you're about to have, so I always think that it's important to get up, get your shit done on Monday morning, whether that means going to the gym or getting your coffee and checking your email and getting your schedule for the week. Like, However you do Monday mornings, make sure that you wake up and you fuck it up, okay? Attack that Monday morning because that is going to set the tone for the week that you're about to have. So I get up, I go to the gym on Monday, rip a workout, come back, and I'm checking the app, I'm checking the app, I'm updating the app, and 5 p.m. comes and goes, and I still don't have any progress updated on my web portal. And I'm like, okay, this is the third day, I'm really hoping, you know, by Wednesday, like, this sucks, I'm kind of losing some hope here, like, what am I going to do? But I'm like, all right, I just, I just got to be patient, all right, I just got to roll with it. A lot of life is not um, what you do, it's sometimes a lot of how you react to what happens to you, okay? So I'm like, telling myself all these things, also wondering if... <laughs> You know, I am on the right path. I'm like, is is this? You know, I thought I was going to come down here and this would go off without a hitch. I'd be here for like four or five days and then I'd get back and have this awesome episode. And I still think that this is an awesome episode. But um, I haven't even got to the best part yet. But I am like 
kind of starting to get distraught, okay? And uh, I'm just doing anything I can in order to stay positive, but I'm really just searching for something, a silver lining, a moment, uh, anything that's going to speak to what I'm currently going through. And I didn't have to wait very much longer on that Monday before I got that moment. And it was the universe. And she told me, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it well. And if you keep doing it, eventually you can get to where you're trying to go. It's possible. Okay? So what happens? Well, it's Monday. And I'm in Atlanta. And if you know anything about Drake or Future or any of the rappers, if you know rap music, you'll know that Magic City on a Monday is the move. Okay? For those of you that don't know what Magic City is, it is a world-famous strip club shouted out by many, many rappers. And not only that, okay, they have a kitchen and they serve these wings that all of the rappers also talk about. So I'm like, Cho, we got to go to Magic City on a Monday. Check it out. We'll go get the wings. I, I need to do that. I, I want to do that. It's a bucket list thing for me. I need to go check this thing off my list. And he's like, he's like down for it, but he's kind of like put off by the, by the thought of eating in a strip club. And I totally understand that. I'm like, you know, not a lot phases me, honestly. Like I've been in so many different situations, bizarre situations in my life, uh, either voluntarily or involuntarily, that I'm just like, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to make me feel uncomfortable or make me feel like I'm out of my comfort zone. So I'm like, man, listen, just follow my lead, bro. I got you. So he had a Michael Vick jersey that was an XL, and he was like, dude, this jersey is way too big for me. Do you want it? I was like, are you serious? Fuck yeah, I want it. So he gives me this Michael Vick jersey, and I'm like, dude, I'm wearing this to the club tonight. And he's like, oh my God. So we go in there, and it's about 7.30, Monday night, and like two noobs, it's been a long time since I've been in a strip club, we show up with no cash. <laughs> we, neither of us have cash. He doesn't have cash. I don't have hardly any cash. So... Um, we go to an ATM and I pull out what little cash that I did have and we get in fine. We go and we order the wings and they said, Hey fellas, it's going to be about 45 minutes. We're like, all right, well, cool. Well, I guess we'll just go grab a table. So we order the wings. We go find a, a little two top table and I'm, I'm, I kid you not. I mean, you would think that magic city, the way that these people talk about magic city I was thinking it was going to be huge. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting something a lot bigger than what I saw. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin in making an estimate in terms of square footage. But like, it was, it, dude, like from one wall to the other one, it was tight, man. It was, it was seriously like less than a football field um, by far. Maybe like, maybe, maybe sixty yards. Okay. Maybe 60 yards, seriously. And maybe even that is overshooting it. But it's it's tiny. And the kitchen, I'm blown away by how small it is. Because again, the way that people talk about these wings and the way that they're hailed across all social media, and especially by Lou Williams, one of the biggest hype men, right? It's the reason they literally have the Lou Williams lemon pepper wings there is because he loves them so much. Is You would think that this place is ginormous. And... I look at the kitchen, 
and it is two dudes dancing and tiptoeing around each other, spinning wings as fast as they can, and dropping fries in the greasers. And they are literally like spinning and juking and, and like sliding past each other. This thing is a closet, dude. It's a closet. And <laughs> that's not to say that this place isn't amazing. And I and I absolutely love this place. Okay. I'm not like ripping on it for being small. I just I just had a different picture of what it was going to be like. So we're like, all right, well, we ordered the wings. Let's go sit down. Um, Cho was a little bit, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. He he needed a beer to kind of loosen up a little bit, you know? He, he needed a beer. And he was like, do you want to go get a beer? And I was like, yeah, I'll go get a couple of beers for us. So, you know, I don't know what it was. I, I think maybe the notion of eating in a strip club and like, so there's two levels, okay, that are divided by like three or four steps. So you walk in and there are, um, you know, kind of the first level and the bar and facing away from the bar on the other side, the right side of the building, there are like three or four steps that lead up to this other small platform where there's a bunch of little two seat, two top tables. And these tables run alongside this elevated surface where the dancers are dancing and there's poles and the tables, the tops of them are basically flush with the stage. So as we're sitting here, kind of hanging out, talking, waiting on our food, there are dancers that are coming up that are so close to us and it's totally nude, no pasties, no panties, no nothing, okay? And they're doing their thing and uh, we're getting approached and, you know, the ladies are coming up and they're putting their arm around me. And I'm just like Joe Cool, man. I've, I've just, I, I, again, not a lot shakes me. I've certainly been in my fair share of, you know, situations like this. I don't seek them out a lot, but I've, I'm just absolutely comfortable in that situation. And like I t- I've talked to enough sex workers in the car like that end up becoming Uber stories where it's like, yeah, I'm just, these are just regular people doing a job and yeah, they might be a little bit tipsy or high at work and naked, but like they're still people and they're still trying to just make ends meet, man. And they're selling what they got, you know? So let's not get on our moral high ground here. Okay, people, Jesus Christ. But I'm talking to them just like, yeah, what's up? You know, like, and they love me, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, your teeth. You know, I got the veneers up top. Another great story. Derby 17, shout out. Um, <laughs> God, um, I'm I'm just like again I'm just I'm just cool with it. So they're coming up, they're talking to me, and um they're they love Cho though, dude. Like they love me, but they especially love Cho. Like they were all about him. And I'm the only white guy in here. He's the only Asian guy. We're the only two non-black people in the building, which is cool. Um, all the dancers are black, but we just stood out a little bit, you know, because it's like 7, 45, 8 o'clock at this point, and we're like the only guys that um, are, are, are not black in this place. And so the ladies are coming up to us, and I told them, you know, I, I, this is what I was saying, was, uh, you know, ladies, I can't make it rain, but I can make it sprinkle, okay, because I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not a baller right now tonight, you know? So some of the hotter dancers kind of approached us and realized that we weren't really balling, like we weren't throwing racks. So they kind of were like, all right, well, we're going to go like dance and sit and chat up the ballers. 
some of the ladies that were approaching us were the ones that needed the money, regardless of, you know, I, I think we could have, like, we're both good looking guys, both muscular, both, you know, pretty smiles, handsome, whatever. But they would have been, um, you know, dancing for a, a trucker, you know, like if he had stopped there and because they needed some money, they needed some money. And so I was like, hey, ladies, I can't make it rain, but I can make it sprinkle. You know, I got a few ones here. So, you know, that was fun throwing throwing the money in the club man you know like kind of first time actually throwing ones in the club like felt pretty cool doing that I got this Michael Vick jersey I got all these ladies coming up to me and talking me up and I'm putting them on my boy and not that uh you know he has a girlfriend and, and I do too you know I, I gotta mention that part as well Maddie I love you right <laughs> don't be mad at me okay it's all for the story right um within certain reasons okay within certain reasons all for the story obviously so I go up to get a beer and I approach the bar and I've noticed that there's a guy who's sitting across the bar and the way that the lighting is shining on him, it is, uh, I, I can see like, you know, his head, I can see kind of what he's wearing, where all these other spots are kind of dimly lit, but he is sitting right where this light is. So I can see him pretty well and he's not facing the bar. He's facing, he's like running parallel to the bar, okay? So he's sitting in a chair, and his back is to me when I approach the bar. And I'm standing at the bar, and his back is to me. And I've watched this guy throw up money so hard, it bounces back off the ceiling. Like, he's throwing ones, and that's really how you know somebody's a true baller. Ballers will throw money like they're mad at it, okay? They they throw money like they're fucking furious. So... He's a couple times stood up in his chair and threw money so hard, the ones bounce back up off the ceiling and come back down. And they're sprinkling down on the three hottest dancers that are in the entire club, okay? This dude has not one, not two, but the three best-looking dancers on him and him alone, okay? And when I walk up to the bar, I can see over his shoulder... And he's on FaceTime. So <laughs> this dude is throwing money. He's got the three hottest girls on the place on him. And he's on FaceTime. Okay. Which tells me this isn't this guy's first time. This guy has been here. He knows what he's doing. And obviously he's a fucking somebody. Because first timers would definitely not be on their phones getting dances. And they certainly wouldn't have the three hottest chicks in the place grinding on them. Okay. So I take my beers back and I go back to the table and I'm sitting there and I'm looking across the bar and this guy's got a bald head and he's got a beard and he's got these circular glasses like that that sit on his face a certain way and I go, holy shit, is that 40? Is that like Drake's 40, Noah Shabib? You know, co-founder of the OVO Sound Label, one of the greatest producers and somebody that's giving so much to music. Is that fucking him? Is that him? I go, Cho, is that 40? He's like, wait, who? I'm like, dude, like, no, it should be 40, you know? Drake's 40, shouts him out all the time, a fucking legend in the game, responsible for almost all of the hits that Drake has ever done, right? It's like 40 and Boy Wanda and... um. A number of other people that Drake works with, but like he has worked exclusively with 40 
since day one. They have been best friends, and them and their friend Oliver El-Khatib are the founders of the OVO Sound label. And every single song on So Far Gone has uh, been produced by 40, and, and like, you know, 40 worked on it. Um, some of the the greatest hits that Drake has ever done. And, like, you think about it, like, Drake is going to go down as probably the most commercially successful music artist of all time. Not just rapper, music artist. Because of the way that you can get these streaming numbers now, because of the way that he does 2C Slide and different um, songs that are paired with TikTok now that go viral, he is a genius. And 40 is like the guy that's been with him through the trenches every step of the way. Best friends, a creative genius, and I just have a lot of respect for this guy. And so when I see him, I know that it's him. And I think that it's him. And I'm like, that's that's fucking him, man. And I'm like, Cho, come on, dude. You, you know who this guy is? And he's like, no. like. So I pull up Google Images on my phone and I show it to him. And he's like, wait, no way. And I was like, dude, that's fucking him, man. That's him, all right? And he's like, dude, that's what? Like, I was like, hey, Magic City on a Monday, man. You never know who you're going to run into. And so I have approached enough famous people, enough people that I've recognized at, at different points where I know there's a way to go about it and there's a way not to go about it, okay? If you go up to somebody and you're blowing their spot up and you're being annoying, like, people aren't going to fuck with that. And that's not to say that there's some athletes and actors and music people that aren't just straight assholes, no matter what. Like, you could go up and you could be the coolest person in the world, and they're just going to be, like, annoyed that they have to, like, deal with you, you know? It's like, fuck you, man. I'm not going to buy your shit anymore, you know? I, I made you into this. Like, we made you into this. We propelled your career into this point. And now you're going to treat us like this? Like, okay, yeah, see if I ever buy or you know any of your music again or watch your fucking movies, man. Or actresses, you know, same thing. But like, I've been accepted by some really cool people when I've gone and introduced myself and kind of told them about, you know, why I felt the need to introduce myself. Like, I got to meet Tucker Max in Lexington when I was a sophomore or junior in, in, uh, at UK and he was hanging out at the tin roof and I went up to him and introduced myself and I was like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm a journalism student. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know if I want to be a writer or be on television or radio or whatever, but like, you know, I, I, man, I read your books so much and just, they really spoke to me the, the, the way that you are honest with yourself. That's something that I value over everything else in life is, is brutal honesty. It's why I do this. That's why I talk about a lot of hard things about myself. I'm very honest about myself. Uh, it's why I speak about a lot of hard topics with writers that you probably wouldn't think that uh, would be something that I would go there with people, you know, whether it's politics or race or gender or whatever. Like, I go there because I think if you're having an honest conversation about it, um, you know, only good things could possibly come from that. Learning moments, it might be uncomfortable, but like, it, it's good shit. And when you approach somebody like like a Tucker Max or like a 40, you gotta come correct, you know? You can't come trying to blow their spot up and like be annoying and, oh my God, can you, can, uh, do you know Drake? Can you call Drake? Like, he probably gets that all the time. And more so than that, he becomes invisible when he's with Drake. Think about it, think about it. 
to 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 the everyday fan. I mean to say, okay, not amongst the circles that they run in, but like when fans see Drake and Forty together and Drake's team, people see Drake. They don't see the security guards. They don't see the other people there. They just see Drake, and that's it. They're starstruck, okay? But when somebody IDs you, and Forty probably doesn't like get this a lot because he's a producer. Like He's behind the scenes. He's in the studio, right? So it takes a pretty big fan to ID this guy, and I did it because I am that big of a fan. So I'm waiting for the right time to go up to him and introduce myself because I don't want to interrupt what he's got going on, okay? And if he's on the phone, he's definitely not going to pay attention to what I'm saying. So I kind of got to wait for him to be at a point where I can approach him and it, it's something that he'll be into, right? He, I need to wait on an approachable moment. So I'm kind of keeping my eye on him. We're having our beer. We're hanging out. Well, all of a sudden, I look over, and I've been keeping an eye on him, but then he's gone. And I'm like, no, no, no. Did I just miss my shot? Did I let my moment just pass me by? And I look to the left, and he's standing at the ATM. And I'm like, oh, thank God, thank God. You know, If I had missed my shot, and I didn't take advantage of that opportunity to go up and dap him up, then I would have been so, so pissed off at myself. But I realized that he's just standing at the ATM. Okay, he's pulling some money out. All right, cool. This is going to be the time that I need to go because he's separated. It's just him standing there at the ATM. It's off to the side, kind of where the, the kitchen window is. And this is like a perfect time. So I'm watching him and I'm trying to time it up to where I see money dispensing and I can go and beeline before he like, you know, takes the money and goes to sit back down and I can kind of catch him. Well, he's standing there at the ATM and I'm not really sure what's going on, but it's been about a minute or two and he's like looking at his phone and he's looking at the ATM and he's looking at his phone and, and he's like standing there and I'm like, all right, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I'm not going to miss this shot. So I walk over and I approach him from the front, you know, kind of made sure that I wasn't like walking up behind him or anything. I made sure to approach from the front and I was like, what's good, man? And he looked up and he was like, yo, what's up? And then he kind of looks back down at the phone and I'm like, yo, I'm Ben. Uh, nice to meet you. And he was like, yeah, nice to meet you too, bro. And I said, hey, I got to ask you something, man. Are you 40? And he played it off a little bit, you know, he, he having some fun with it, right? And like I said, that's why I said the stuff about being invisible when uh, he's with Drake and fans approach him, like how often does he get ID'd, you know? And so in this moment, he kind of has some fun with it and he kind of like moves his right arm a little bit, like kind of like brushing it off and he's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. And he kind of smiles and I, I was like, nah, man, come on, be real. Are you no Shabib? And at this moment, you know, he's only quickly glanced at me, but he's been looking at his phone and the ATM. When I say, are you no Shabib, be real with me. He looks at me and he's got these glasses that he's wearing, but they're kind of down his nose a little bit. And he looks down the glasses. So I am seeing him eye to eye and I'm standing, you know, I'm pretty close to him. So now we're face to face 
and the glasses are down on his nose a little bit. And when he moves his head down and stares into my eyes, I see that his glasses have Louis Vuitton hologrammed logos on the glasses, like a bunch of them. And the way that the light hits him when he moves his head down, I see him glimmer and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, that's him. Like, you wouldn't just have these glasses if if you weren't, like, big time. So all of these things are, like, I'm piecing them together, and then he looks at me like that, and he stops what he's doing, he looks down at me, and he's like, yeah, bro, what's up? Yeah, keep it low, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm stranded here in Atlanta. I was out in Mexico City. I'm launching a tequila. I'm stuck here in Atlanta for a couple days. I figured, you know, Magic City on a Monday, and I'm like, had to, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm flying out to go up and uh, work on some shit for Prince up in Minneapolis. So, you know, just killing some time, though. I'm just solo today, you know. So that's why, you know, I'm not trying to really like, you know, I'm just trying to keep it low. I'm just trying to keep it low. And I was like, hey, man, I feel it. Well, that's cool. Um, so then he kind of like turns back and he's like, yeah, man, I'm, because I've been all these places. And now he's like looking back at his phone and the ATM. He's like my bank thinks that there's like fraudulent activity going on because I was just in Mexico and now I'm in Atlanta and I've been everywhere and back. And they're like declining these requests because he was pulling out like the 2000 maximum at this place and had probably done it like so many times that finally the bank was like, hey, who's this person taking max deposits out uh, from this ATM in Atlanta and we just saw your activity was in Mexico City. Like that's kind of weird, right? And so he's having trouble pulling his money out. That's what he was doing, standing there looking at the phone and looking at the ATM is his bank is rejecting him. This guy's a millionaire and his bank's like, nope, sorry, no more money, you know? And he's standing there kind of like looking a little bit pissed off, right? Obviously, I mean, you'd get pissed off too if you didn't have access to your money and it's on Magic City on a Monday, you know? Like you got bands to throw, man. So I'm standing there and I'm like, hey man, well, listen, I just, dude, I got to tell you, You don't know how much you mean to me, but I have always drawn inspiration from your career and the relationship that you and Drake have had. I always used to look at me and my best friend and say, that's us, that's us, that's us. And I just, I literally, I showed him this GQ article that I have. I'm really weird. I have like four or five tabs open in my Safari in my iPhone that I refuse to click out of. I will not X out of them because of how frequently I come back to them for inspiration or for whatever reason. So one of those tabs that I have kept open for like five years is this 2011 GQ article profiling 40 And it's just him talking about his creative process, what it was like for them when they were writing and producing So Far Gone and what they were telling their moms. Because if you go back and listen to So Far Gone, um, it's, it's some of the best Drake. I think it's the best Drake that he's ever been, to be honest. I mean, Views is, is incredible and it's some of the best music that he's ever made, but from a lyrics and writing standpoint and just the rawness of that mixtape nothing beats it in my opinion so far gone is my favorite it is um that and thank me later and then views third those are my top three drake albums thank me later number one so far gone number ah i don't know i don't know it's it's like so far gone and thank me later are neck and neck dude um that's a tough one but I'm not here to debate those i'm here to tell the story so we continue with this um i show him this article and i'm like dude I like, listen, this is not me trying to get to Drake. I'm sure 
people hit you up all the time trying to get access to Drake. That's not what this is. Dude, I am literally, I am a content creator. I host this podcast. I want to get you on my show and we'll go at your schedule. We'll hook up via Zoom. But I would love to sit there and chop it up with you for an hour and ask you a million questions on your creative process, where you get inspiration from, how you get yourself to work on stuff when you aren't feeling motivated and you're kind of like down and you don't want to do stuff. How do you still get yourself to there? What do you tell yourself? Um, and just I just want to like ask you about where a lot of this stuff comes from like and get to know you. And I'm just fascinated by you and your career. And this, you got to understand, man, like for those of you that aren't familiar with 40 and with rap, his nickname 40 is short for 40 days and 40 nights because when they were creating So Far Gone, the mixtape that ends up breaking records, okay, previously mixtapes weren't mainstream, okay, but because of the commercial success that the mixtape had, it put Drake into the stratosphere it established him as like the new wave and he's literally talking about all this stuff like it's almost like they predicted it he's like leader of the new school it's proven and it's known I'm sitting in a chair but it's a I'm sitting in a chair but in a futuristic throne like he knows it's coming and they know it's coming and they're just like we just got to keep working on this he's like 40 that was all before I showed up and brought a thousand dollars worth of drinks and got poured up you know he's like dude I spent all the money that I had and I came through and I'm begging my mom not to like worry about me because everything will be all right and he won't even take that long like that just speaks to me because I'm like dude I am broke and I am like begging my mom like mom please trust me I know what I'm doing I have something here please just stick with this and let me ride this out and see where it goes because I think it's got the potential to go somewhere amazing so I draw all of these parallels between my life and their life starting out when they were broke and they were at the beginning Okay, and how how do you fight self-doubt? Like, what was that like in those early days? I really just want to ask you a million questions about that, dude. It would be so awesome. And um, he's looking at me, and he's kind of still trying to figure out the bank thing and the ATM thing, but he's, like, looking at me, and he's like, yeah, bro, for sure. Like, you know, and he's, at some point... I start to tell him about like my why and I'm like, yeah, can I can I show you the studio? And he's like, yeah, bro, for sure. And he was like all about it. So I show him my studio and he's like, damn, bro, that's sick. And I showed him the car and he was like, bro, that looks exactly like my Phantom. Or he said some sick ass car and I was like, yeah, this is a, a Hyundai Equus. I'm sure you got something much better. But like, he was like, damn, bro, that's like, you're fucking legit, man. I was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So you want to do it? What do you think? And he's like, yeah, bro, like for sure. Like, um, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Um, give me your stuff. So I gave him one of the cards that I have and I was like, yo, listen, do you mind if I get your information to follow up with you, you know? And he's like, man, I want to, but I've had to change my shit so many times that I just, you know, it's 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 hard for me to trust that, you know, you're not going to give it out or anything. And I was like, you know, hey, I get it, you know, cool. There's probably nothing that I could possibly say to make you change your mind about that, so I don't focus too much on that. I'm just like, all right, cool, yeah, I'll give you my stuff and just hope to hear back from you, man, because, like, it's, it's seriously... You don't understand this, but meeting you and this happening is literally the universe speaking to me and telling me that I'm on the right path, dude. Like, 
you don't understand this, but like this is how deep it goes for me. Meeting you right now and you receiving this moment the way that you have is like validation and confirmation of everything that I've been doing in the last 10 months, dude. It's the reason that I'm down here in Atlanta anyways. Like, you don't understand what had to happen for this moment to happen because I'm not even from Atlanta, bro. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I'm down here to do Uber Stories Atlanta. And so, like, the reason that I have this car and this studio is because I host this podcast and it's, you know, and I give him the pitch and he's like, into it like he's staring into my eyes not through the glasses but like down his nose staring so deeply into my eyes listening to me like hanging on every word and listen he was a little bit you know kind of fucked up right but like he was like looking at me hanging on every word and I had him like I had him right he's sold man he's in and I'm telling him about what I do And I told him that same Golden Gate Bridge story that I told you guys at the top of this. And he is staring so deeply into my eyes. And I realize now why he was doing that. It wasn't just because he was, you know, trying to focus really hard because the juice is getting to him a little bit. No, what he was doing, he was trying to see if I was full of shit or not. He was staring at me, searching in my facial expressions and in my eyes, like, is this dude for real or not? And I guarantee if I had given off the vibes that I wasn't real and that, like, I, I, I gave him the pitch of a lifetime, dude. Like, I absolutely fucking rocked it. And he was looking at me, like, trying to see and decipher if I was for real or not. And I, and I was. Obviously, I was. And so because of that, he was like, hey, bro, I'll I tell you what, man. Like, he was, he was listening to that Bay Area story the Golden Gate Bridge story, and I was like, so that's that's now why I do what I do, man. Like, I, I never want anybody to feel as shitty and as alone and as abandoned as I have, so I ride around my city. I gas people up. I'm starting to build it out. I'm starting to expand. That's why I'm down here in Atlanta, and meeting you is just like a confirmation of all of these things, and dude, I've always just drawn so many parallels between like you guys, and I listen to So Far Gone all the time. Like, I showed him like the, ki- the, the picture of the little boy blowing um, money and hearts and like looking up at those things is still the background on my phone like I listen to so far gone probably once <laughs> every couple of weeks man like at least four songs from that album I just I constantly come back to it and I stood there all of this is happening in a span of about like seven or eight minutes okay where we're standing at the ATM maybe 10 I don't know maybe 10 he still wasn't able to figure it out. His bank wasn't letting him take out money, but he's like, hey, I, like, hey, grab your boy and come have a drink with me. And I was like, bet. All right, bet. So I check on our food. It's still not ready. He goes back to the bar and they tell me about five to 10 more minutes on the food. I'm like, I bet. I go back over to Cho and I'm smiling as soon as I walk up. Like, I'm cheesing hard as fuck, dude. Like, I'm making my way through Magic City on a Monday wearing a Michael Vick jersey, cheesing harder than I've ever cheesed in my life, okay? And I'm mobbing through the club, and I get back to the table, and Joe's like, only has been watching this from afar, so he doesn't really know. And like, from afar, you would have thought that this was kind of a tense moment, because... 
He's looking at me. He's staring at me. He's staring into my soul. I'm giving him the pitch of a lifetime. We're standing there and like the body language, like it kind of looked, it probably looked a little bit tense from afar, but that's because it was just like, it was so emotionally gripping. I think for the both of us, honestly, because I, I dude, I'm telling you, like I sold the fuck out of this guy, you know, and I do that to anybody, you know, but like I just nailed it. And I had been waiting on this moment to come. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't know if it would ever come. I was hoping that it would, but I didn't know. But all the things that I had been doing in the last 10 months had prepared me for this moment that when it finally came, I was ready for it. And I owned it. I took a hold of it. I grabbed it and I fucking killed it. I did. I did. And I'm proud of myself, you know? Because some people in life, they let their moment pass them by or they don't even have the foresight to, to realize when their moment is right in front of them. And, and then, you know, what's worse is that some people do, but that they're scared to reach out and take it, okay? But I'm like, no, fuck that, dude. I got one life to live. It's the reason I'm down here in Atlanta, you know? This shit's hitting the fan with like, I'm. it's Monday. I still haven't taken a single ride yet. This trip might be a massive failure, but oh, hold on, wait a minute. I just met 40 and he might come and do this interview and he fucks with me and he's talking about buying me a drink. All right. So all this is going through my head as I'm walking back to the table. Joe's like, what was that, dude? What was that? And he was like, is it him? And I was like, yeah, dude, it's him. And guess what else? He wants to buy us a drink and Cho's face just lights up and he's like, what? Like, dude, I thought I, I was like, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, new plan, okay? We're going to take the food to go. I don't care how cold it gets. We will eat it at home. But we're going to grab the food when it's ready. We're going to go to the bar. We're going to have a drink with him. We'll hang out for like 10 minutes, whatever, until the moment is is like ready. You know what I mean? Not take up too much of his time. Not, not overstay our welcome. But like we'll know when it's ready to move on. But we're going to go have a drink with them. We'll take the food home. And then, you know, that's that's the night. Like, we have came and got what we were here to do, honestly. So he's cool with that, obviously. Well, we wait about, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever. Get up. We bring all of our stuff with us. <laughs> I was sitting there with hand sanitizer and my wallet and my phone and my keys and grab all my stuff. He grabs his stuff and our masks, of course, too, right? We walk over to the kitchen window and it's still going to be about, you know, he's like, hey, three or four minutes, guys. I'm sorry. Just been busy. It's it's only two people, you know. So we're like, hey, no worries. So as we're standing there waiting on the food, one of the girls who was dancing on 40 walks over. He sent her over and she puts her arm around me and she goes, hey, he wants to see you before y'all leave. He said, come see him. He's got something for y'all. And I was like, I bet. She walks away and shows like, dude, I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking cool, man. So we get the food and we walk back over to the bar and he was like, what's up, man? You know, what's up, fellas? And I introduce him and Cho and we kind of sit there and talk for, you know, four or five minutes and I, I, you know, continued the pitch a little bit. I gave him some more facts and I was just like, you know, hey, like, let's do it, man. You know, like, 
What's your schedule like? You know, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm trying, there's a line, okay? There's a line when someone has agreed to do something. You, at some point, you got to just accept that what they've given you, that their word is bond. Um, and I, I hope so deeply that, that it is and we can make it happen. And like, we can, you know, connect and do it because it would just, it would mean so much to me. It'd be so fucking cool. But I can't push too hard because if you do that and you're like, no, 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 dude, come on, let me get your email. Like, I know you're going to forget, you know, they'll be like, all right, well, don't tell me what I will and won't do. Like, I'm not going to fucking forget. If it's something that I want to do, I'll do it, man. And I know that you can't push somebody that hard. So I'm just trying to like maintain that line and respect it. And I'm just, but I'm, I'm just, you know, when it's, when it feels natural, I'm like, Hey, so like, What's the next month look like for you? You know, feasibly, when would you want to do this if, if you are for real down to do this? And he was kind of talking to me about what his next, you know, month is going to look like. And I'm like, well, you know, I'd be happy to work with your manager or whoever in order to get the scheduled and find a time that works best for you. I'll, I'll do it no matter what time it is on the East Coast. And he's like, hey, man, like, I, you know, Here's the thing, like, I am my own manager, you know, like, I got a manager, but if I want to do it, like, I do it, you know, and I'm like, I bet, like, so let's fucking do it, right? And he grabs the three shots of tequila, and we make a toast, he says something, and uh, holds it up there, and the thing that I said to him, and I nailed it in the moment, and uh, I said, thank you for making the music that has given us so many memories, and we fucking ripped tequila shots with 40. <laughs> It was awesome. It was fucking awesome, okay? I love this guy. I love this guy, right? And we're getting to take a shot with him in the bar, man. Magic City on a Monday. It was just fucking amazing. So we hung out for a couple more minutes. But like I said, you know, I could tell it was kind of moving towards that way where he's trying to get on with his night. He's got my information. Well, I asked him, hey, would you want to take a picture I had asked him this, you know, earlier, right? And he was like, nah, man, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it low. I'm not trying to blow the spot up, you know? And I was like, hey, no worries, man. That's cool. You know, I get it, right? I, I don't want to do that to you either, right? Because at this point, like, he really hasn't been ID'd by anybody else in the club or they just haven't gone up to him, but he hasn't been bothered, which if you're famous, that's just all you want to do is just go somewhere and not be bothered, honestly. And that's why it's tough in these situations to come at it in a certain way where you're you're trying not to annoy the person, they're trying to live their life, but also like it is a cool thing to get recognized. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, every situation, every celebrity is different. So just be mindful of that, right? Um, but after we ripped the tequila shot, he pulls out his phone and he was like, All right, I'm gonna put you on. Are you ready? And I was like, fuck yeah, man. And so he pulls out his phone, he turns on the front flash. I don't even know what he said. I don't, I, I like I feel like Will Ferrell in old school. Like I just blacked out and just like spit the hardest 30 to 45 second little pitch of straight facts on the show, telling people where they could find it, what it's about, who I am, follow me, blah, 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 for like 45 seconds straight. Didn't stutter over a single word, just absolutely fucking ripped it. I'm like, I just blacked out what happened, you know? Like and he puts the video on Cho, and Cho says, like, what's up, you know, and uh, then he puts it back on himself, and he has that video. He is sitting on that video, so 
he's like, where you want me to put this? And I was like, definitely the gram. Fucking put it everywhere, man. And like, I don't know if he's going to do it. He hasn't done it yet. I don't know. Maybe he's waiting. I told him new episodes Wednesdays. Now it's a stretch to think that he would remember something like that and be like, hey, I waited until you dropped the Uber Stories Atlanta episode to put this video up. Maybe he did. I, you know, maybe, maybe he, he will, right? That would be incredible. But he has my card and he has this dope ass video. And if he shares that video with his um, followers on Instagram, like that little viral moment could be all the difference in the world that I need, that now all the things that I've been doing in the 10 months leading up to this moment, all of the things that I've been saying, if you build it, they will come. I've been building and building and building it. Every intro that I tape is a fan that I can gain. Every time I've come on and done one of these episodes recently, I've reset and I've reintroduced myself so that if somebody's starting at this point, they'll get caught up to speed really fast. Like that was something that I wasn't doing at the beginning. So all I need is like a moment like this for people to discover it in masses and then it's like boom, holy shit, like this is quality content and it's been happening for 10 months and now I'm getting discovered by a lot of people and I'm ready for that. This show is ready for that and it would be amazing if it happens and he shares that video Um, and it would be amazing to get him on and get to interview him. It would be probably my favorite interview that I would have ever done in my life. And I've done some really awesome interviews that I've really fucking loved. But here's the thing. Even if it doesn't happen, even if he sits on that video, he has my card, I tried to follow up with him in the Instagram DMs. I can't find his email or contact information anywhere, of course. But I did send him a message in uh, Instagram and slid into the DMs and was just like, hey, just wanted to follow up and it was awesome meeting you. Thank you for the shot. You know, you have my information. I really hope to hear back from you. But, dude, even if you don't, you have no idea how you've just changed my life. Because here's the thing. I sent this a few days later. Even if it doesn't happen and we never connect again, the video of me telling this story that I put on TikTok and the exposure that I got, it went viral. Me telling this story went viral, okay? And I finally went viral for all the right reasons. And as this thing is blowing up, I'm like, man, even if we never connect again, this guy just gave me this story that now this thing is happening. Again, the universe is like, dude, I had made a TikTok like, I don't know, like a few months ago, made a few videos, had one video that reached the thousand, you know, like the plus thousand mark. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like I've got couple of them, like they, they, most of them were like in the views of like 100 to 200. I had two other ones that were like above five and 600, okay? But 1,000 views was my PR, okay? And I was excited about that when that happened, right? Because I just set this TikTok up and I've been doing, I don't do, I, I'm my own person and I'm very, um, I'm a big four if you're into Enneagrams. So like I'm very unique and I'm not with all the little trends. I'm not on TikTok to do dances and use all the things that like people are already using because it's like, well, that's not original. I'm an OG. I'm a true OG. I'm a triple fucking OG. And I'm here to use this platform to get people to my show and get people to my podcast. So I go on TikTok and I tell the story of meeting him 
in a very condensed version, a 59-second version, right? And I'm like, you know what, guys? I was waiting for this moment, and I fucking killed it. And I hope that you guys will tune in. Uber Stories Atlanta, drop it next Wednesday. One love, you know? Like, hyped. And this thing starts to go viral. And as of the time that I'm taping this now, it has 25,000 views, almost 4,000 likes, and it's got 167 comments. And people are commenting on this thing, giving me the greatest feedback that I could ever hope for. Like, thank you to each and every one of you that left a comment on that TikTok video. And if any of you are listening now, I fuck with you. Because that moment, and I couldn't sleep because it was like, you know, people from all over the world are seeing this. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people commenting and liking and viewing it. And every time I update the thing, it's like going up and up and up and I'm like, oh my God, like this is amazing, right? I've never had anything happen like this before, um, especially not on a TikTok, right? Um, and so I'm watching it all go up and every comment, I took that as an opportunity to connect with those people who were commenting and say, thank you. Hey, if you uh, check out these other platforms that I'm on, you know, follow me on Twitter, get me on Instagram and like, I'll follow you back. And I took every one of those comments as an opportunity to get my numbers up across different platforms and get people to subscribe to the podcast. And so that's why I'm saying, even if we don't connect that video going viral and the and meeting him in that place and being in the right place at the right time and feeling like I'm doing the right things, I'm on the right path, I'm doing it the right way for the right reasons, that spoke to me. And that told me, keep doing what you're doing. There's going to be a lot more moments like this. <laughs> and it was just beautiful. So as this thing is blowing up... um. I dropped a couple more TikTok videos saying, guys, thank you so much. You know, I had eight followers on TikTok before this happened, and they were literally the eight people that I knew who I'm friends with who had TikToks, like only eight people, right? I have 248 now. So I gained 240 people like within a span of like four or five days, you know, because we're not far removed from this happening. This was last Monday, right? So... I'm building this TikTok platform and I just, you know, it's funny because I had stopped posting for a while and then at some point I was like, you know what, I need to continue to stick with this and do this because I don't want to have to ask this anymore and I need to start getting more consistently and posting more consistently about this and it was just like that blew up and I know that story time on TikTok is such a big kind of thing. And this is something that it just combines all of my best qualities. My look, man, as soon as I smile at somebody, they light up. I'm, I'm not kidding, you know? Um, and I absolutely will speak to that here in a minute. But like, this is all blowing up. And it's just funny because literally like the day before, I had published a article on LinkedIn, the first one that I had written in five years, where I'm talking about... I give a lot of social media stuff out, promotions and stuff for free because that's where I am right now and I'm okay with it and eventually I'm going to get paid for the work that I do, you know? Like I spent probably an hour and a half looking at all the stuff that Molson Coors does with Vizzy and with their seltzers and understanding their brand and 
understanding their messaging that they're pushing right now for those products specifically and who they're pushing it to. And I, I combined all of these things in a really awesome and engaging post where I was shouting them out. I shouted out Evan. I shouted out Sport and Social at the Battery. And like it starts getting shared by Sport and Social and Molson Coors is liking the tweets and liking the Facebook posts and like they're engaging with it and other people are as well too. And I'm like... Um, I had just done this at Torchy's Tacos in Jeffersonville, Indiana and like went full hype beast and was one of the first hundred people in line in order to get the queso. And like I'm doing all these things and plugging all these places for free. And I write this article saying this is what you have to do. If anybody is interested in selling your own sponsorships or you're trying to break into media and literally you're starting from the ground zero like I am and just set up an LLC and you're you're doing it all on your own. You have to do this stuff because every time you do it, it's like an audition. It's like a tryout, okay? So you approach a potential sponsor and say, I want to bring you guys on. Here's my reach. Here's what you can expect from me being a brand ambassador for you guys. And if you don't have something that you can show them, like they want to see it. Like they want to see that stuff. So they'll want to see you and the way that you engage and interact with previous brands so they can really understand what they're actually getting in you and if there is value in having a partnership with you, okay? And if you don't have the numbers yet, like I don't have numbers that are gonna blow somebody away, right? But the fact that people can look at what I'm doing and go, okay, this is gonna go somewhere and they can look at the dedication and the time and the effort that I put into doing these posts for free, they look at it and go, okay, we're really getting somebody that cares. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I care. If you're going to be one of the very first sponsors to ride with me on this journey, I'll ride with you for life, man. I'll fucking, I'll, I, I don't give a fuck what it is. Like I will sell my, you know, like if I ever had kids, I'd give my firstborn child to have you as a sponsor. And I would let you guys tattoo your logo on his forehead if you want, you know, or her forehead. I don't care. I'm not having kids, so I can say that kind of stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> But I'm like, dude, you have to do all that stuff. And again, it just, I finally was at a point where now I'm blowing up and I I can take this momentum and parlay it into other opportunities. And it feels awesome. And as this is all happening, you know, it's just like boom, 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 boom. All these little things, it's all coming together and culminating in this moment. And I'm just like, thank you. Like, I needed this. Even if I don't get signed up to drive for Uber and I don't get any stories at all from driving Uber, if Friday rolls around and I'm still not approved and I just go back on Saturday, I'm cool with it because of what's happened now. And I spent the next couple of days literally just writing stuff for LinkedIn, writing stuff for the show, um, following up with TikTok as, as that, like that kept me really busy. I'm, I, I also take this as an opportunity to launch the Instagram handle that, uh, listen, I'm just going to be real, okay, with you guys, I fucking bought an Instagram handle, yeah, I did, yeah, I don't care, okay, uh, it's got 17,000 followers, 17 plus, somebody was selling it, I bought it from them, and, um, it was previously a travel and, like, nature kind of account that would post a lot of photos that you see on any travel and nature account, so I was like, okay, well, I love travel. I love nature. I've been to 29 different states. I've been to 15 different countries. I've been to hundreds of cities around the world. And so I'm going to integrate the following that this account has with what I'm doing. 
So I'll post my own pictures. And I literally created this post and I had been I had been posting um, a few of my travel photos with this Instagram handle just to keep it rolling, right? But eventually I switched the branding over to my stuff and I switched the handle to Real Talk W Benny T. And I made an announcement and I was like, guys, listen, I'm gonna be honest. Here's who I am, here's what I do. I recently acquired this account. And I know that this isn't the reason that you guys were following this account in the first place, but as somebody that's traveled and has been following this account, I'll continue to post pictures of travel, okay? But they're not gonna be the same photo stock, photoshopped images that you see on every single page like this. Like, there's, dude, it's identical, right? I'm like, I'm gonna give you guys real shots that I've taken, shot from an iPhone, unedited and unfiltered exactly how I live my life and exactly how I am perfectly exist, okay? Sprinkled in between content for the show. And yeah, I had like a few thousand people unfollow me, okay? But majority of the people, and yeah, I had a few hundred people unfollow the account, but majority of the people have stayed. There's still 17,000 followers, and now, you know, I t- actually, today, I'm taping this on a Tuesday, right? Um, today, I posted, I figured out how these, um, you know, these uh, Instagram pages do, like, an image, but split it into blocks, like, different blocks, and post it all at once. So, I basically just did this photo dump of nine squares, that now, if you go to the page, it's my logo like really big on it like you see you know big time social media people doing and I'm like hey that's me like I learned how to do that I figured out the app that I needed to do that and I I like did it you know and I finally launched this thing and it, it and so I, I just I took that as an opportunity to be like hey guys like here's who I am here's what I'm doing I'm going all in um, this awesome fucking thing just happened and I can't wait to get to back to the studio so I can record this. And it was it was seriously like, again, I just come back to this. Um, it was just a culmination of everything that I've been saying and doing over the last 10 months. And I just, I finally felt like it's paying off, right? It's paying off and I'm, I just need to stay consistent and I just need to continue down this path because this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is it, man. This is what I'm here to do, okay? And it's gonna work out for me, and I believe that. And if you're joining me right now, you guys are going to ride with me and be witness to the growth of this show, you know, as it continues to expand and I continue to build out upon it and I continue to grow and explode onto the scene, you guys are getting in from such an early stage that as we continue to go, the growth that you guys are going to be able to be like, dude, I remember when this guy like was like less than a hundred people an episode on some of these. And now he's doing huge numbers, right? You guys have that opportunity. And I hope that you guys will ride this thing out with me and, and come with me along this journey because I swear to God, I am the fucking guy to get this across the finish line. This is my thing. This is my baby. And no one else can do this. No one else could do this. No one else could possibly have the energy to do everything that I'm doing um, the way that I'm doing it. It's just, it, it, no, <laughs> there's a reason that, that it hasn't happened. Like it, I'm the guy, man. I'm the fucking one. Okay. So all of this stuff was, uh, 
I was reassured of all of these things. And I was like, thank God, you know, thank God. So that was Monday night, man. I met 40. He bought us a shot. I went viral on TikTok, got hella followers. I couldn't sleep at all. I was so excited. <laughs> so I get up super early on Tuesday, go to the gym, whatever, go back, work on social media stuff, sit up at Pond City Market. Tuesday goes by. Wednesday goes by. I still have not been approved. I'm checking this thing. The web portal still telling me that I'm not approved. My background check hasn't been approved. I'm like, man, if this doesn't happen by Friday, then I'm just going to go ahead and head back on Saturday because there's really honestly no reason for me to stay through the weekend. I was planning on driving back on Monday, but I was also planning on getting approved and being able to drive for Uber. Well, I'm like, by Wednesday, it hasn't happened. If it doesn't happen by Friday, I'm just going to go ahead and go home. Like Everything that's happened to me at this point, the stories that I've gotten, the people that I've met, the vibe that I've been giving off and attracting... Um, I've been, I'm, this is, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm blown away, man. So I'm like, I'm good. I'm good with that. You know, it didn't work out the way that I wanted to, but because I was able to just roll with the punches, like the late, great Dickie Fox says, baby, I was really at peace with everything that had gone on. And honestly, even more influential and like me meeting 40 and having that moment and the thing going viral on TikTok is more valuable to me in the long run than going down there and just getting stories from my writers. Like, I can do that anywhere, right? But I, but I can't have what happened down there ha- happen anywhere. Um, and I just, I, I'm just so fucking thankful that it happened. Like, and I deserve it, you know what I mean? Like, not to sound cocky or arrogant or anything but like I just I believe in myself I believe in what I'm doing a lot of other people do when I pitch it to other people and I talk about it it's so real I sometimes like I literally cry with my writers like I get so emotional talking about some of the stuff that we do and when people text me and say thank you so much and I get videos from people and they're like I was lacking the motivation but then you helped me and I went and did the workout and whoo it was a workout like that was literally a video that I got from one of my lady riders and I'm like that is what I'm here for dude and that's why 9am in Dallas hits so deep with me because I am Willie Beeman I'm throwing touchdown passes and tortoise frame glasses hoping that someone catch them every single day and I'm gonna hang it up there and it's on you to go up and get it but I'm gonna hang it up there for you and I'm happy to do this until my fucking arm falls off until I collapse because this is what I'm here to do man I'm here to make people feel a certain way and that is that's 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 to believe in yourself. It's to believe that you can potentially and possibly do anything that you want to do. Now, there's obviously I'm not trying to be like toxically positive. There's certainly constraints and there's, yeah, there is a glass ceiling. There are racial biases. Like these things do exist, right? But by and large, I, I do believe that if you hustle your ass off and you do it in the right way and you find out what you want to do in life, you find out what you're good in life, you find out what what you're good in life at and you mesh these things together and and you're doing it in a way that's like serving people and doing right by people. Like the universe rewards people like that. I promise you it does. I swear to God it does, man. I know that. I know that for a fact now. You know, I've been saying that but now I, I for sure know that. 
And it's something that I've always believed, but like, that's facts now. That is big facts. So keep doing that shit, okay? But <laughs> we're almost done here. I promise. <laughs> um, yeah, Wednesday goes by. I'm still not approved. Um, Thursday goes by. Still not approved. Well, Friday comes and I say, you know what? I refuse to leave empty-handed. I'm not going to... I didn't get a chance to connect with the people that I normally would through my rides. So I'm going to go to them. Instead of them coming to me, I'm going to go to them. So I go to my car and I have 187 of my business cards that have the show logo, my information, driver, traveler, storyteller. It's got my email and my phone number, which I probably shouldn't have given out to that many people, but whatever. But it has, more importantly, all of my social media stuff on it. And I take the stack of cards and I go to the Atlanta Beltline, which is like the walking bridge on crack. I mean, it's like the busiest place to be. It is exactly where you want to be if you're selling something, okay? Because of the foot traffic that it gets. You know, there's people, there's couples walking to dinner. There's people on their rollerblades. There's people on their bikes and skateboards. There's moms pushing strollers. There's guys walking in groups. There's anybody and everybody that you could possibly want to see and pitch. They're there. So I take these cards, and I'm a good salesman. Like, I really am. And it's funny because looking back on different sales jobs that I've had and times that I've had to stand out and be like a social marketing intern for like um, the ESPN radio affiliate in Lexington and like their game day intern and stuff and like go out with a sign and, you know, get people to do raffles and like all of these little things. um, (laughs) I look back now and I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's the reason that I'm good at this now is because I had that experience then and I did so many fucking internships and I've been so successful in some of the jobs that I've worked. So I'm like, I can pitch anybody. I can pitch anything to anybody. But that's the thing. That's why I quit sales when I was in the Bay Area because I didn't feel passionate about what I was selling. And it wasn't like something that I was super fired up about. I felt like I didn't really understand a lot of the technical information that architects or GCs would want to know about the products. And I'm like, kind of that imposter syndrome again. I'm like, I kind of know about this stuff, but like, I don't know, man. But this is something that's my own. And going to the Beltline and walking around and pitching it to people as they walk, that's something that like most people would be freaked out about. Like they'd be like, oh, I don't, no way would I ever do that, you know? But I'm like, dude, that gets me hyped. You don't understand. Like that gives me energy. I I just like, I love the thrill and the chase of the sale. And in my case, it's gaining a new listener. It's gaining a new follower, right? So I'm like, dude, I got to do this. I ended up walking and talking for 17,000 steps, seven and a half miles over the course of two and a half hours. I stayed out there and I counted the cards when I came back in and I had 132, okay, left. So that means I had 55 quality, quality ass impressions that I physically made with these people who were walking and talking. And I swear to God, dude, I would just be, I would walk and walk and with somebody and I would finish up the pitch and they'd be like, hey, I'm going to check it out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, I bet, you know. And then I would just kind of circle back and sometimes I would just go right to the next person that was walking the other way so I didn't drift too far up one way or the other. 
Um, and then I would walk back with them. I would pitch them on the show. Uh, it also gave me the opportunity to like target and really handpick who I would want my listener to be. And it let me zone in on those people. So if I approached you on the Beltline and you're listening to this and you made it this far, I fuck with you. I, I fuck with you heavy, all right? But like if I approached you, that meant that you looked like you were giving off of a vibe where A, you were approachable, but B, you looked like somebody that I could vibe with. And obviously, if you listen to this and, and you know, we did, you know what I mean? And, and that's real. That's a real thing. It's it's not just, hey, I want to pitch everybody. You know, if that was the case, I would have stood there until those cards were empty, right? But I, I went out and I made 55 sales in a way and 55 leads that I don't know how much they're going to convert, but I know that between everything that I've been doing, not only that, but on TikTok and I'm going to boost this post, like I'm going to break my own numbers um, in terms of plays and downloads on this episode. And it's going to be fucking sick and well-deserved. You know, I deserve these things. Like I've been busting my ass off and I've been shutting the fuck up about it. And like, finally it's paying off. And I don't say that, like I said, I, I, that's what I was saying earlier. I don't say this stuff to be arrogant. I just believe in myself. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking say it because it's true, right? It's not like I'm trying to make myself sound like, oh my God, I, 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 I you know, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make it sound more than what it is. It, it, it is exactly what it is. If I said it, I meant it. There's no way around it, dude. Like, it's real, okay? And I, I do deserve this, you know? The kid that made that deserves that made back. Hey, you know? Like, I, I do. And I know that I'm going to do numbers on this episode, and we've gone pretty long, but there was a lot to get to. And uh, we're going to wrap this thing up pretty quickly here because I do have some big takeaways from the week um, that I want to get to, but I'm just very happy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm honestly like, you guys might not believe that. Some of you be like, oh, this guy, he just thinks he's the shit. Well, I don't know, kind of, you know, but honestly, like I am deeply humbled every time I get to talk to somebody because of where I'm coming from with this show, you know, and my body language, even as I say this, I'm like holding myself, I'm holding my arms crossed um, hugging myself basically because I'm I, I feel vulnerable. I feel totally like I'm opening up and being the most transparent that I can every time that I come on. But just talking about this stuff, it it is it, you know you feel kind of like I don't know, like holy shit, like it's happening, like it's ha- it's actually happening, you know. And I'm I'm just thank you. That's what I'm trying to say is thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everybody that's been. Riding with me since day one, since Allow Me to Reintroduce Myself drops. Go check that one out if you're brand new. First one, okay? Get to a lot of stuff in that one. But everybody that's joined along the way, everybody that's been a part of the growth up until this point, everybody that's joining, whether you're joining through social media or TikTok or people that I'm connecting with, people that go back and listen to this later, that find the show later, that I connect with either through the car or chance encounters like the universe telling us we're supposed to meet for some reason and intersecting our paths wherever it does whenever it does however it does I eagerly look forward to that I honestly do because that's I live for that shit and so thank you to everybody that has been a part of this and shared in these little wins and these moments like this because 
it's exciting for me, but it's exciting for you too. And I, and I hope it is at least, you know, like the, for the people that have been giving me their time, um, to listen to this stuff, you know, you're, you're invested in this and it's, I'm sure kind of rewarding to see like your boy having these good things happen. And like when I've spoken to some of my friends, that's, that's the feedback. That's where I'm coming from with that is like, this is directly from the mouths of not just one person, but several people who were like, dude, this is awesome to watch, dude. Like you got to keep going with this, man. I'm like, I am like, I, I owe it to you. I owe it to everybody else. I, and, but more importantly, I owe it to myself because I came that close to taking my own life and it's why I have the semicolon tattooed on my wrist, you know, where I I wear a watch on my left wrist and a live strong on my right. I still rock the live strong, baby. True OG over here, all right? But like underneath my wrist on my left one, I have the semicolon project. Um, and it's a, it's a semicolon and it stands for mental health awareness and bipolar awareness. I'm bipolar, by the way. Hey, um, breaking all the stigmas and the trends one day at a time. But um the semicolon is where an author could have chosen to end their life, but but chose to continue on with their sentence. And it's that real for me. <laughs> like I'm getting emotional thinking about it because it 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 was at that point for me, right? And I came back and I figured out what the fuck I was gonna do. I thought I did at least, and then that wasn't really going off and popping off and I realize now why that wasn't because that wasn't my path, but I realize now why this is because this is my path. This is it, chief. This is it, sis. This is it. And I swear to God, I'm going to take this thing to the finish line and I'm going to achieve all of the things that I've been talking about setting out to achieve in the last 10 months and beyond. That's my word. That's my bond. That's my word, word like thesaurus, all right? I, I swear to you guys, because I, I feel like I have a commitment to you guys to take it there, you know? I'm not going to get to the 50-yard <laughs> line and stall out. Like, this drive is not stalling out in the red zone, man. I'm going to get there, and I'm going to pound the fucking rock in, and I'm going to throw I'm gonna throw a touchdown pass to myself. I'm going to throw it up, and then I'm going to run under it, and I'm going to catch it, and I'm going to moss on somebody and kick the extra point and fill up the Gatorade cooler and paint the back porch Oh, and he can't pass. <laughs> now that's Booby Miles, not Willie Beeman, but uh, true OGs know. All right. Okay. Um, let's let's wrap this thing up. Um, really quickly, the food down in Atlanta was amazing. There was a place I got a shout out called Ninety Two Ninety Two Barbecue. It was the real deal Korean barbecue experience. If you've never had Korean barbecue where you go and sit down and they bring you all the sides and the different meats. Holy shit, dude. The short rib, stupid flame. The pork belly, amazing. And there were um, several other meats. And then, like, all the sides were amazing, okay? And then uh, they gave us these melon popsicles at the very end, which I'm told is, like, a classic Korean delicacy. So that was amazing. Obviously, Magic City Wings were good, but honestly, Magic City Wings were a lot smaller than I thought. The sauces were fire, but like the wings were way smaller. There was so there wasn't a lot of meat on them, to be honest. But they were good. Um, if you do go to Atlanta, or if you are in Atlanta and you've never been to the local, shame on you. Okay, listen to listen to the outsider telling you where to go in your own city called the local. Okay. But if you're a local and you haven't been to the local, shame on you. Okay. And if you go to Atlanta, 
and you're a fellow outsider, then you need to stop in at the local. They have smoked wings, and they have sauces for those, and they had a buffalo jerk combination sauce that was... (laughs) I I shit you not, I am a huge buffalo wings fan. They're the best wings that I've ever had in my life. No cap. Best wings I have ever had in my life. Not only because they're smoked, not only because they're bountiful in the amounts of meats that they give you, they'll make your mouth water, but because their sauces are so unique and good. The lemon pepper rub, fire. Buffalo jerk, fire. You got to go and try them. They're huge wings too. Like they are, oh my God. I literally had them twice when I was, I had them once. Cho took me there. And then I had to go back before I left again because I was like, holy shit, I, this is, <laughs> I got to do it, man. Um, and then the last thing that we kind of did was go to the Chick-fil-A Dwarf House, which I had been to, you know, the last time I was in Atlanta, my brother and I went down there and we went to the College Football Hall of Fame and the Dwarf House and an Atlanta Braves game and that was sick. Um, but definitely go to the Dwarf House. They have a special Chick-fil-A menu. And again, here's this thing that happens. Like, okay, so at this point, this is like one of the last things that I did. But at this point, I have drank for free at the Battery, okay, courtesy of Molson Coors, compliments of the, the company, you know, just laying back and doing it. And then I get a free tequila shot with one of my fucking heroes. Well, then we go to the Chick-fil-A Dwarf House, and we didn't understand this. They were only doing reservations, okay? So we get the reservation. Well, because of COVID restrictions, right? They normally are open to the public. You can go in. I got the chicken and the waffles last time. But they were doing reservation only, and it was for a really special meal. So, like, you went there, and it was like $80 a person. We had no idea, okay? Listen, this thing is valued at $80 a person, and you go, you sit down, they serve you a fat meal, okay, like double the fry serving. I got the spicy chicken sandwich, and they gave me basically two large fries. They gave you a choice of your dessert. I got the lemon meringue pie. I love lemon stuff. I mean, I'm just a huge, huge lemon fan. And that was dank, okay? Well, then, as we're finishing up dessert, we're like, damn, we got dessert too? Like, that's sick. So then they're like, hey, uh, are you guys ready for your tour and your souvenirs? And we're like, what? Like, what? Wait a second. Are we like missing something? Is there like some kind of a package that we were supposed to like pay for? Like we're just paying for the meal, right? And they're like, oh, no, sir. You, you, you know, our reservations that we're doing are only for like this, this big experience. And we were like, oh shit, like we, you know, me and Cho and his girlfriend Chelsea are like looking at each other like, oh shit, like damn, all right, well we did not know that, honest to God, and would it be okay if we just pay for the meals, but we won't go on the tour, we won't get the souvenirs, like sorry for the mix up, can we just pay for what we've eaten and go? And they were like, well, no, I mean, listen, Here's what we'll do. Like, guys, this meal is on us, okay? You owe us nothing. We hope that you enjoyed your meal today. We hope that you enjoyed our desserts. If you want to go on the tour and you want your souvenirs, we will do it absolutely free of charge. We'd be happy to do it. And the three of us are sitting here like, 
no way. No way. Like, no fucking way. Like, no. Are you serious? You're going to do that for us? They're like, yeah, yeah. You know, we feel bad. You know, it's not clearly posted on the website, I guess. And we're like, uh, like, seriously, we did not. They're like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Like, it's up to you guys. If you want to do it, let's do it. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. So they gave us a tour of the dwarf house and told us all the facts about it. And they gave us a coffee mug and we got the most dank Chick-fil-A meal freshly served from the dwarf house on the dwarf house. It was on the house and it was so just incredible. Like I like uh, all these great things happened to me this and and like so that was basically the end of the trip because right after that I I drove home and I I still like it's just hard to believe, you know. I go down there for the Uber stories angle and to to drive for Uber. Still by Friday, I hadn't been approved and actually uh you know, it's Tuesday. It's like almost a full you know, two, two and a half weeks later than the first day that I submitted this thing. And it's still showing as it's in progress. So I don't know what the fuck they they got going on, but they're, they're obviously fucking up somewhere. It's not my job to worry about it and get bummed out about it. But because of the way that I reacted to it and because of the reason that I was even down there in the first place, it made all of these other incredible moments possible. And... It was it was just I don't know man I'm I'm searching for the words to describe the way that I feel about it um it absolutely if there is ever any doubt in my mind about who I am and what I'm doing all of that's quelled now it's gone because those 10 days that I spent in Atlanta and again like look I'm <laughs> eventually I'm going to get paid for all the work that I'm doing and it will pay off and so that's why moments like this are so big. And that's why like, yeah, I've gone two and a half hours on this episode and I don't care because I'm savoring it and I'm documenting my history. I'm telling my story. And so I'll take as long as I want with it. <laughs> this is my time. Okay. And it, it's just like, I look back at these 10 days and the way that I'm living and I'm sleeping on an air mattress on a friend's place, crashing with different friends as I go along and start to do these different cities every month. I'm eating literally peanut butter and jelly four nights a week and using the end of the loaves of bread, which I have been at that point at different points in my life. And so like I, I literally brought down my own cooler also with like um, Canadian bacon and cheddar cheese from Costco and Cuties tangerines and Cliff Bars. So I brought all this food with me. Those three meals were like the only three or four meals that I had while I was there that were like out, you know, because I brought my own groceries. I eat the same thing every single day. I'm still trying to lose weight, you know what I mean? But like, that's my soldier gruel. And I'm literally like, dude, I'm in the trenches. Like I'm I'm fighting every single day for my dream and my life, you know? And I'm fighting bipolar and I'm fighting this brain chemistry thing that happens where I'll just get this intense extreme mood shift that will set me back and and um zap my energy and I won't feel motivated to do anything and some days I can't even get out of bed you know and it's it's been a while since it's been bad but like during April and May there were weeks 
that would go by where I wouldn't get out of bed. I, I, you know, four days would go by, hadn't showered. I would literally only leave the house to go to like Five Guys or pick up pizza or go to Taco Bell or go to B-dubs or like go to Krispy Kreme Donuts at 9 p.m. at night. I was really like, I was 263 pounds when I started on this journey. So not only did I start um, this podcast and like change the direction of it and change and totally switch the style up, but like I made some serious life changes as well, not drinking as much, cutting certain people out of my life, uh, getting serious about getting back in the gym once it opened up June 1st. And I've since lost about 50 pounds and like I had no business being that big, but like it's just been a long road to get here, and it's really amazing that I'm, I'm finally here, and because of everything that happened in Atlanta, because it went the way that it did, it only makes me that much more hungrier to continue to do this day in and day out. Like, I'm fucking starving for this opportunity, the next opportunity. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know when it'll happen or when it'll come but I know that I'm going to be ready for it and I'm going to take it and I'm going to seize it and I'm going to own it and I'm going to take it to the next level because that's who I am and that's what I do. That's real talk. Big picture thoughts and takeaways, okay? Um, just four of them here and then and then we'll close out and then we'll send you along on your merry way and I hope that you'll come back next week for Uber Stories Part 29 and if I'm going to be in your city on uh, one of these next months, I hope you'll reach out and maybe we can link up for sure. Um, I was speaking to Cho's roommate Keenan and he's between jobs right now. He's going on different interviews and he's during this, he's, he's at a pivot point in his life, right? And he's trying to figure out like the dilemma of which way to go when you're in your career and in your life is like you can either do what you love and and you might not make any money at all, okay? But like you can go down that road of I'm going to do what I love no matter if it means, you know, however that looks like for you. A lot of times... The things that we love to do don't really make a ton of money. You can make money if there's a legitimate plan around it and if you're good enough at it. But like people that say that they want to start a podcast, right? Like, you know, my sports podcast wasn't shit. This one is starting to blow up for a good reason, right? So up until this point, I haven't been making any money off of sponsorships or anything yet. I've been building and building and building and I'm still going to have to continue to do that day in and day out. That doesn't change. But my point is, I'm doing what I love and it's a trade-off where I can feel good about this and feel good about the feedback that I'm getting and where it's headed and be okay with not making shit right now knowing that it's going to pay off later, okay? And I make sacrifices during these years and in the last couple years, and I'll continue to make sacrifices uh, to do this in order to make this all possible. And that can be tough, you know, watching your friends, watching f- people that I graduated make six figures and buying houses and flipping houses and like having the money to do that and having really nice benefits and getting nice company cars and getting these sick trips and I'm on Medicaid, you know, like I, it's, it's a tough thing to watch sometimes, but like I, it, it really isn't because I'm not 
you know, I'm happy for those people, right? Like, that's the thing is like, I want that for those people. I want to see other people succeed. Some people are just fucking haters and want people to be as miserable as them and don't want good things to happen for other people. I'm the exact opposite, dude. I think if one of us wins, we should all be able to win. And I, and I, I want us to be able to share in that win as a team. Like, you're only as good as your team, man. And I think that... um it's a beautiful thing to watch. Like I, I just, I love watching other people's successes and I love connecting people, right? And like plugging that gap. And I'm getting off topic here, but like, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it can be not tough to watch, but tough in the sense that when you're eating sandwiches with the loaves of the bread and your boy is telling you about the Europe trip that he's planning and he's making six figures and driving a BMW, it's like, Man, that must be nice, you know? And I could have had that if I had stayed in the Bay. Um, I could have been making six figures by now, but I wouldn't have been selling something that I was passionate about. And that's the thing is like, you can either do what you love and sacrifice the money now, okay, in your 20s and 30s and set yourself up for an incredible life at some point in your 40s or 50s or maybe earlier, or you can find something that, you're good at, okay, or that you find interesting enough, right? A lot of people, they they start selling something. It's never what they thought they were going to get into originally, but they they realize, hey, I'm kind of good at this, okay? I'm pretty good at this, and I'm interested enough. I know this stuff, and yeah, it's not exactly what I want to be doing, but it funds the things that I am able to do in my free time. It gives me the money, which gives me the freedom to spend my free time away from this job however I want to spend that, whatever that looks like for you. So it's it's like a trade-off, right? And some people, they end up racing into the corporate world, becoming a lawyer or sales or whatever, and then they hit this midlife crisis point where they go and quit their job and start to blow some of their money and then like go for some kind of their business plan or whatever in their 30s 40s 50s and and that's cool too but it just like it just goes to prove that your timing in life is all fluid it's all dependent on you and who you are and what you do and how you do it and what you want and where you are like all of those things are important to keep in mind so if you're not killing it right now just know that it's possible and your time will come if you keep putting the work in put your fucking head down and you shut the fuck up about it, you know, for 10 months, and then finally, you you, you kind of open up about it, like, I'm speaking, obviously, to myself at that point, right, but, like, you know what I mean, like, just day in, day out, grind, and it comes back to that quote, like, nobody cares, work harder, who cares, nobody sees it, work harder, work harder, it's like, you got to do that, okay, so, yeah, timing, and what you want, you can either do what you love, and hope that it works out, or you can do something that uh, works out that you might not love, but it lets you buy a boat, or vacation to Tahiti, or whatever the fuck. So, second big thought is, I run into this a lot, and I wish that more people were like this, and I'm not going to share what this was about, or in, in regards to, but there are people who are going to disagree with my takes, There are going to be people who disagree with my stances, my opinions, and tell me that I'm wrong, tell me why I'm wrong, and fine, like, that is your opinion, okay? And 
in life, I'm sure you're going to run into these same people. You guys, there's a stance, there's an issue, and you're just at opposite ends of the spectrum on it. Here's the thing that's important. We might disagree, and the more that you listen to me and get to know me, we might not see eye to eye on everything, but that, my friends, is the beauty of human existence. Just know that our interaction is genuine and real, and in that moment, if we connect, we connect. And we might have different beliefs, but being able to set those aside and the fact that we can have differing views and experiences but still coexist and vibe together despite these things is one of the most beautiful parts of life. I had an hour conversation with someone where we did not see eye to eye on the subject that we were talking about. But instead of being like, talking over each other and saying things like, no, 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 you're wrong. Oh, you're so fucking stupid. How would you believe that? Oh my God, like, wow. Everything that was discussed and brought up was done in a way of like, yeah, I I see what you're saying, but have you ever thought about this too? Like, or hey, could it possibly be this? Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but do you think maybe this is some of it too? Being able to have those conversations is growth. It's the only way to bridge the gaps and a lot of the misunderstanding that ultimately leads and fuels the hatred between certain groups, okay? Politically, gender, racially, doesn't matter. Religiously, I mean, how many wars have been started over religion, man? When is there going to be peace in the Middle East? It's all about religion and, and oil, you know? But like, you get, what my, you get my point, okay? You get my point. So being able to have an open mind and hear somebody out and be respectful of them, even if you disagree, if you can walk away having that, having had that conversation, then that's all that's important, okay? Big thought number three. I ran into this at Sport and Social. Um, after I am displayed up on this big screen, there are a couple of dudes who just don't like me. They just don't fucking like me. And I literally, you know, I, I I say this a lot. I don't talk about it as much on this episode because who really cares, right? Or, or any episode for that matter. But like people hate me because of whatever reason. I don't know. And it's, I, I don't exhaust myself trying to figure out. Most of the time, I think it's because they resent whatever I represent to them. And so they don't hate me. They hate themselves, okay? And... When people see me having a good time, there's always some asshole out there that's like, I need to ruin that guy's good time because I'm miserable and I feel this way and everybody else should have to feel this way. And people literally go out of their way to expose themselves to me doing things like that. You know, the the story that I told about the guy in New Orleans that was backing up on us I'm dressed as Sully from Monsters, Inc. Maddie's dressed as Boo. We're at a bar in New Orleans for, for Halloween. And here's this guy that like continues to bump up against me on purpose. Like He's seeing us having a good time dancing. We're standing at the bar. He comes out of fucking nowhere and he's just trying to make his presence known. And then he's like picking a fight as soon as I'm like, dude, back the fuck off me. Stop touching me. Do not touch me or we're going to throw fucking fists like I'm serious man 
And the guy is like acting like, oh, what are you talking about? What am I doing? It's like people will, it's crazy, dude, but people will go out of their way in order to try and ruin your day. And it might not happen to you. And I don't talk about that a lot because a lot of people can't really relate to that. You probably have haters or people that don't like you, but people that literally go out of their way to try and fuck with you because of how much they resent you, not a lot of people can relate to that. And it happened again when I'm in Atlanta, right? We're at Sport and Social. We're having a great time. And there's this fucking guy that's just talking shit. And I'm just like, dude, you're fucking pathetic. Like, get the fuck away from me, man. And I go back to my table and I'm just like sitting there thinking about it. And I thought to myself, you know, every time I go out, I see you. You look different every time. You speak different, you sound different, but I see you wherever I go. You're a fucking hater. You look different every time I see you, but there you are. No matter where I am, I always end up running into you. You're like a demagogue or a demagogue or whatever the fuck that thing is, where it literally just takes different shapes and forms, and wherever I go, as much as people love me, there's also a, a, a group of people that also hate and resent me, and it's bullshit, okay? I'm just out here just trying to be fucking, you know, a world-class glue guy and people are hating on me for no reason, right? Um, and listen, I, that's not to say I don't give people reasons to hate me from time to time, okay? But like, if you don't know me at all and you see me out at the bar and you're just trying to fuck with me just, just to fuck with me because you don't like me or, you know, you don't think you would like me, like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Okay, so every time I go out, I see this person. I I never know what they're gonna look like, but I see this person. And then big thought number four, and our final big thought, and our final little moment. We're we're going. Uh, we're gonna reach three hours on this thing, and I'm not apologetic about it at all. Okay, um, I've always heard people talking about couch surfing and how big of a thing that used to be. And like how you could get on Craigslist and go seek out a Craig's like a, a couch and go seek out like a couch surfing experience. And that is honestly something that doesn't sound as safe as, as it probably is. And like I know it was a big thing in Europe for a while. And there there was literally like websites like to connect couch surfers and you just let these strangers in your house. But I would hear about the way that these people would spend their 20s and their 30s just couch surfing and getting to travel the world for super cheap. And I love that what I'm doing now is basically that when I go stay with my friends. I'm couch surfing. Like, I have an air mattress, right? But I'm going to stay with friends in different cities and I'm doing this damn thing. And that's exactly how I want to spend my 30s, you know? I'm coming up on my 29th birthday and... June 12th, that'll happen. And then I'm a year away from 30. And it's like, what's next? You know, what do I want for myself? If I spend my 30s hustling to make this show what it is and what I think it can be, and I get to that point and I'm traveling, now hopefully I can lock down a sponsorship with a good hotel chain, you know, like Hilton or something. Um, Use the code BennyT anywhere people travel. Because that's travel is such a big thing with me that... It's a perfect tie-in, and companies are going to want me to be able to talk about, hey, I 
stay with these people all the time. I love it. But until then, I'm just staying with friends and I'm just winging it, you know, in that sense. Like, hey, can I come and stay with you for four days? You know, and and sometimes it's not even people that like I'm best friends with or, or that close of friends with. I'm lucky that I was that close of friends with Cho so that this thing happened and I wasn't too embarrassed. Like he understood and he was cool with me staying for 10 days. If it had happened with other people who I'm reaching out to that it's like, hey, can I come and stay with you for five days? And they're like, yeah, I guess. Like, sure, I haven't you know, talk to you in a while, but like, yeah, the vibe is good enough to where I feel comfortable letting you come and do this. And I think it's cool. So come on. Um, I definitely have a few people like that. They're going to let me stay with them and crash with them. And it's like, I just think that's really cool. And I, and I think that speaks to, um, I don't know, the bond that, that I, I'm able to have with people. And it's like one of those things, even if we don't speak every day, even if we don't talk on the phone, um, just, just know that if we connect, like we connect and that's real and that's a genuine thing. So I absolutely love where this is headed. I absolutely love that it took me three hours to get through all this stuff. Um, I would imagine that when I go and do one of these big cities, it'll probably be a longer episode because like when I'm in Louisville, like I said, I take the five best stories, bada bing, bada boom, throw that in with the, the Dr. Razin segment and that's the show, Right specials are done independent of each other uh, without any Uber stories, right? But the Uber stories, cities that I go to, a lot of that is going to be not only the, the stories that I get from people, it's also going to be some of the people that I meet not driving. It's going to be staying with a friend and getting to do some of the things that we do. And now I'm thinking, I don't want to go just to drive and be there for, you know, four or five days and drive the whole time. Now I'm kind of thinking maybe I'll stay for a week if I can with some of these people because I want to be able to experience the city and travel a little bit and go try some foods and go have some time to myself where I can explore and do all the things about solo travel that I love so much. You know, I, I talked about going to 29 different states and 15 different countries and hundreds of cities. And a lot of those trips have been solo. And I'm totally cool with that. I fucking love that. And even though I'm staying with Cho, getting to join that gym and getting to go and find like different places for me that I'm going to, um, you know, the, the, I don't know, the gym and my Starbucks and stuff like that, my car wash place. I do that on my own. And I love that kind of stuff. I really do. I really do. And I get so fired up about it. And so the thought of getting to travel to different cities, like now I'm now I'm going to be paying myself to do it, right? With Uber and eventually with sponsorships. And I'll go to different cities and I'll do the episode from there. And it'll be amazing. And I'll get to kind of like mesh together all of the things that I'm most passionate about. And that's a beautiful thing, my friends. That's a beautiful thing. Subscribe, rate, and review, please, to this podcast. If you like this episode, here's a way that you can help me out. People ask, hey, how can I help out? Send this to somebody. Send it to somebody that you know that loves podcasts. Send it to somebody that you know that struggles with mental health or addiction or bipolar or that's interested in business or entrepreneurship or social media marketing or podcasting or anything, anything. You'll find out if you listen to some of the Uber Stories episodes that there really is something for somebody in this show. There, there seriously is. I mean, 
There really is. So I think um, if you go back and listen to some of those Uber stories, if you think one's funny, if you think one's savage, like whoever you think would appreciate it and vibe with this, please pass that along. It would really, really help me out. Um, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you fuck with this show. Please make sure and send your life advice and your own Uber stories to my email for the show, realtalkwbennyt at gmail.com. Again, that is realtalkwbennyt at gmail.com. Send in your life advice stuff, and I'd be happy to speak with you guys and keep it all anonymous, just like all the other stories. And send me your Uber stories, because that's also a component of the show that I really want to build out as well. Make sure that you check out all of the playlists that are up on Apple Music and Spotify. You can listen to what my writers listen to, and if you're looking for some new music, I got you, fam, all right? Also, Shane Stewart, that interview is dropping on this Friday. It's a banger. We go about an hour and a half talking about business and moving out into the real world on your own, how to make it stick in New York. And I really, really enjoyed our conversation. When we got done with it, I only had two edits to make, which is like really fucking good. I mean, we just flowed the whole time. Great chemistry. He's a great dude. He's somebody I respect a lot. So make sure you go and listen to that. And uh, again, if you like it, let me know about it. Rating, review, follow me across all social media at BennyTomp18, the handle for the uh, Instagram page for the show and the Facebook page is Real Talk WBNT. And I hope that uh, you guys are going to continue to ride with me along this journey because it's going to be one hell of a ride and one hell of a story. <laughs> all right, get out of here, all right? I've had you for too long. I'll be back next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That's real talk, baby.